I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And we're a gay. And his NB. Episode 46. Thank you all for joining us for another episode of A Gay and His NB. We are so grateful for you listening to us wherever you do, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, any place where you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to us. And if you are listening to us wherever you are, please leave a rating or a review. It is so helpful to us when you do that because it helps us get into the algorithms. It helps us get seen by more people, helps us get listened to by more people. So we are always, always so grateful if you can leave a rating or review wherever you listen to us. Um, Be sure to follow us across our social media platforms, whether that be Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Threads, where we are posting new content there every day, including clips from the podcast, general thoughts that we have on things uh, as they come into the zeitgeist and into our heads in any given moment. We can just type it out, and it's our initial thoughts on things. And if you want to get first glimpse of uh, everything that we're thinking about, you can follow us across our social media, and uh, you can get that there. Um, Be sure to also, uh, if you love us, to buy merchandise over at againismb.threadless.com where we have T-shirts, we have coffee mugs, we have stickers, we have magnets with six different designs that are out right now. We actually have seven designs. We have a brand new design that launched today all about, you know, the coming out process and uh, lots of fun. So go check that one out. It is uh, in rainbow and uh, trans pride colors um, available on all of the different products there on Threadless. Sorry, I didn't let you know about that one, but it did launch today. <laughs> Fun fact. Uh, Fun fact. Good thing to let your husband know about things before we start recording the that's episode. Fine. But that, it's fine. What else is there? That was okay. Um, <laughs> no, but you can get that at againismb.threadless.com. And also, if you have a question for us you would like us to answer on a future episode of the podcast, you can submit that to us across the social media platforms that we just mentioned or by email at a gay and his NB at gmail.com. Um, send us a question. And we may answer it on a future episode of the podcast. Babe, uh, what do we have in store this week? Well, um, we're going to talk about a lot of Real Housewives. Uh, we got Atlanta going on uh, right now. Uh, penultimate episode. We got our finale next week. We're excited about that. But this week we're going to be talking about uh, this uh, sip and see party for uh, Mecca. Um, that's exciting, which really it wasn't for Mecca. Or it was for, for Sheree. Sheree. <laughs> it was for Sheree, let's be real. Um, we're also going to be talking about New York. Um, and Aaron has this anniversary party that is, um, as per usual, under... Uh, Fooded? Is that a word? Underfooded? <laughs> Underfed? Under something? Something to do with there not being enough food. Um, <laughs> and then we're also going to talk about um, Orange County, which is um, <laughs> a, lot. a lot of food, actually, because we're going to be talking about this uh, hibachi fiesta thing that uh, Shannon did. Maybe like, and then I think that's the craziest episode of the season. So Honestly. It's been, it was. It was something else. It was something else. But before we talk about any of that, we actually have a very special announcement. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yes. So, so you oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, okay. no, no. You first. You uh, first. Okay. You first. Okay. okay, fine. <laughs> so um, we, we talked about all the things that we're going to talk about this week. We usually save the first thing that we're going to talk about for, you know, you know, the format. Y'all have been here before, but we wanted to share something special with you. There is a lovely, lovely young lady over in, uh, over in California that we, we love very dearly. 
Uh, you may have heard of a, of a little podcast called She Speaks Bravo or She Speaks It All. Um, I would I would argue the perennial Housewives and Bravo podcasts. Like I, I think like at, at least in my view, like the quintessential opinion. Oh yeah, of anything Housewives or, or Bravo or anything in that realm should come from She Speaks Bravo. Honestly, and um, we're gonna get that uh, on our neck of the woods because next week uh, we are having Emily Hanks from She Speaks Bravo on the podcast to talk Real Housewives of Atlanta, the finale episode. It's our first ever guest on the podcast, so big, big first guest. Very excited about it. Once everything was worked out and 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 put together, it, it's very exciting. We're uh, we're big fans. If you've listened to you know the forty five previous episodes, we tend to sh- cite her a lot. So oh yeah, it's it's going to be a fun uh, fun time getting to talk to her and 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 talk Atlanta and it should be a fun time that you're definitely going to want to check out. So that'll be next week though. Yes, next week, but. Before we we have to do this week first, right? Yes. We gotta, so so let's talk about this week's episode. We got Real Housewives of Atlanta. We got to trek through this week of Atlanta. Um, um. Well, okay. So it's hard to. This is not the worst thing that we've ever watched. I think. I think you know a lot of people are really down on this season of Atlanta overall, and I think are worried about where things are moving going forward. Um, We won't dive into it as much as we did the first part of the interview, but the second part of that Kenya Moore interview with Carlos King came out. Oh, boy. Kenya's done. Kenya's fed up, and Um, I I really don't blame her. I think Bravo's at a crossroads. I think that if they don't change production companies for Atlanta next season, yeah. they lose Kenya and very likely could lose Candy along with her. Because I don't see Candy staying with this bullshit either. I see Candy being the Lisa Vanderpump and just being like, well, I'm going to do my Candy and the gang over here. Right. And I'm still going to make, you know, I'm still going to be the mogul that I am and I'm still going to do all this stuff. And I'm fine with it because I just feel like they, you know, that it's, I mean, it's obvious that they aren't happy. I think either of them. Right. I think like they don't, they're not liking the way things are shaking out in terms of story. I mean, Kenya, it was kind of, it was nice to just hear Kenya basically kind of like confirm everything we've been saying about mm-hmm. like, it's just coming off real fake. And like, yeah. no one's really, no one's really being super transparent on certain things. And like, it, we'll talk about it in this episode. At certain times, it kind of works, like with Drew and Ralph, because it's like, oh, are they hiding something? It's, it's the story is that right. something is a, is run amok here, and we don't know what it is, and we're well, trying to figure it and out. And part of the story is that they're hiding something, right? right? So it, it's not like production is hiding something from us. The housewife is, and it's obvious. It, at least we, like, this was a more poorly done a version of what was happening with Robin and Juan on yeah. Potomac this past season, where she completely hid that entire affair all season. Her and Giselle had a concerted effort to put all the vision on everybody else's bullshit and yeah. hide hers. That was at least well done. I can at least acknowledge that that was a well done ruse. And at least it, this the, was poorly done. And at least it came out. Well, for them, it came out after they had already filmed the reunion, right. after episodes were in the tank. So it was like there was no like, Tim, because that's my question throughout this Drew and Ralph stuff is like, you know, I think a lot of people have been talking about bringing up the point of like, when the hell were these confessionals filmed that Drew's filmed? Mm-hmm. Were they post this? 
now that we know there is something with this Thai girl who's the basketball player, what is like, and it's a little ham fisted the way that Drew is, we'll get to it, very much trying to like set a narrative in a certain realm. And it's making it hard for me. Um, the trailer for the reunion just came out today and Drew and Ralph seemingly get into it. Where I, I, I was, I'm happy that Ralph is there because I was like, it's going to be crazy to me if Ralph doesn't show up at this reunion and we right. don't have this like confrontational moment. Um, but like, I can't imagine that Ralph is in the right completely. No. But it feels like now it's somewhere in the middle. Right. And it's like, that's, that's interesting at least. Well, the thing is, is that we know what Ralph has done. Right. It's we have obvious. seen it. It's been on camera. Like, we, we know... He's done some fucked up shady shit. Right. So it's not going to like move the needle towards which one. Like he is still 100% wrong. She may also now be 100% wrong. Yeah. Like it does not lessen how wrong he is. He is still just as wrong as he was on day one when he came back from Tampa. And you should not be together by any stretch of the imagination. Like, like at no point in her three seasons on this show has there been a moment where I went, oh, that's a cute couple. Yeah, no, no never. Never never have I rooted for them yeah. as a couple. The entire time I've been like, girl, really? Dump his ass, send him back to Tampa, and then come back here and let's see the aftermath. Yeah, I don't think either of them like each other. No, and it's like, what? It, then what game are we playing when we are presenting this? Like, yeah. And I think that's maybe. I mean, that part of it is part of why I think going back to it, why the season is so iffy. Where it's just like, okay, stop presenting it to me like as if you're like good. Like, so you have like, I feel like you have Drew doing that. You have Sheree not. I mean, Sheree's never honest about right. her real life and like, and Martell and all that stuff and and all that. You have Marlo not only not being i feel fully honest but having production then try to validate her delusions in terms of what she's trying to present right then you have candy and kenya who are disengaging practically because i and and as much as i get it well see i don't even see that kenya is disengaging i see where candy has because i i feel like she is realizing what's going on sure. in the moment but i think Kenya still took a second to get there because she's still filming all these scenes. We have have heard from Kenya that she has extra scenes that have not been aired. She had yeah. an opening of her salon that did not get on the show. There were many apparent more scenes about like her putting together the salon that like just well, were not shot. And there was a lot of one-on-one -on -one time with Brooklyn that got shot that is not aired. Yeah. Um so it's just it's it's really kind of disgusting what they've done to her. Oh, for sure. And at least Candy can be like, look, this is like fifth on my list of priorities. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I've got a shit ton of other projects going on. So, like. But, like, that, what I mean, like, you have all those. Like, the only one that's giving anything, like, halfway real to me is Sonya with her family Which is stuff. surprising. I know. Which, I, I, I mean, I don't. I think she wants to be open it I, my issue with Sonya is not even that it's more just her the way she moves in the group yeah more than anything yeah but like that that's where i think things have become a little jumbled this season and like not i have none of the i know i don't leave an episode going oh that was that sucked yeah but i'm like well not invested now that we're no longer in the in the marlo candy era yeah 
uh, that we had in the first what they were, six episodes of the season. Yeah, they're like they're like we fucked up with that. Let's just forget if that ever happened. Uh, honestly, but let's get into this episode. Okay, so we start with a couple sort of like small scenes. Um, we see uh, Cynthia telling Kenya that her divorce has been fully finalized at this point, and clearly. This was in Kenya's uh, salon that was being, you know, constructed and stuff like mm-hmm. that. You could tell, and which again, it's like clearly this would have been a large, longer scene that they cut down, especially like a, this is really the only time we're seeing a direct like Ken, Kenya Cynthia dynamic, right? When like they talked about like we're good again, but it's like we don't see it. Yeah. So it's like what? Uh, um. But Ken, Cynthia basically says like in her confessional. Can you wrap it up? I've been married and divorced, and you're still getting divorced. Yeah. Like, literally, like her whole marriage with Mike has literally lasted the length of Kenya's divorce. Yeah, but, I mean, that's all thanks to Mark being a dick. Oh, yeah. Fucking Mark. Um, Sharon, uh, Marlo's um, advisor, not advisor, um, not therapy person, whatever. Her uh, uh, life coach. Life coach, there is, is, like, talking to her about, like, you know, oh, you want to, you know, advising about, like, you know, bringing Scotty around. You want to ease in having a man in the house because you know the boys can be really territorial and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I again, it's like I don't know if I see like <laughs> we said it. I don't, I don't see the validity in this whole Marlo Scotty thing to yeah. where I can't get invested. Well, and I, I don't know if the boys will be necessarily territorial to someone who abandoned them out of inconvenience. <laughs> well. There's that. Um, but then we go to the first day of shooting for the pass. Um, Why are you booing? I'm right. <laughs> you're right. No, you are right. Um, <laughs> I, I feel so bad, but yes, you're right. Um, the, we go to the first day of shooting uh, for the pass over at Candy's house, and Todd um, is basically showing, like, running through with Drew, like how the sex scene is supposed to play out, and like the the shooting and stuff like that. We'll get into it more later. <laughs> oh boy, it, it has to be a mind fuck having t- Todd as much as it is a job. Like, be like, so this is how I want you position, and like, you know, the, yeah. The, but I mean, that's why that we have intimacy coordinators, and we we see that they have those on set for the actors, right? And Drew needs it because you know she because ha- she she doesn't know how to tap into that. I just. We'll get to it. <laughs> I have I have a rant building inside me, and it's been building since Sunday. Continue. Yeah. Um, we then go to Sonia, Ross, and Deuce, who are going to Sonia's appointment to get full confirmation about um, her being pregnant. And we see uh, uh, Dr. Jackie getting another check. <laughs> I, I feel like Kenya's the only person on atlanta who's not seeing jackie yeah it's like well and i also love the tweets have been like that have been like you know what does dr simone do all day because everyone goes to jackie <laughs> no no one on atlanta goes to simone apparently also i this just was a reminder i really want mary to medicine back <laughs> like, i'm so excited i think november oh. 5th is when it's supposed to, like yeah i think no. heavenly said that yeah so fingers crossed because i think it's one of the best shows on on Bravo, and I think it honestly is with the Atlanta dialogue right now. I love people like rediscovering Married to Medicine and being like, "Oh, this is actually amazing." Yeah, like, I mean, first season and a half, if you haven't gotten into it, is a little rough. But once you hit mid season two on, but there's a lot happening. It's, it's a, oh boy, it's a little rough production wise. Like in terms, of, it's it's a little more. Um, uh, they didn't put a lot of money into it production wise. But like once they like see that oh no we have some meat here it's I th- I said it's one of the most consistent 
and shows. You know, now that Atlanta has sent Phaedra over to Married to Medicine, mm. I wouldn't be mad at Mariah showing up on Atlanta. Yeah. Because I need Mariah back on my screen. Mariah would be. That woman is fabulous. Yeah, I think. She would be the right amount of drama to like sort of shake everyone out of this. Oh of yeah. Funk. Um, Sonya says that uh, her son Deuce has been very direct about wanting a sister. Um, talking about I don't want to keep him in the loop. He's in the loop already. He's he is the loop. Um, and then not to spoil it because it's in the preview for next week. But that's sort of like they keep hinting that like oh so you're already telling him etc. Mm-hmm. Like it, it it gets revealed in the finale. So it's yeah. Um, Jackie is advising her about, you know, you, we are going to take extra care of you. You are technically a geriatric pregnancy because you're over 35, which she of course took offense to, but (laughs) you know, I mean, I, I mean, it is a weird thing that that's the term, but yeah. Yeah. But I mean, what else are you going to call it? It's an age related thing that you age into like technically it's geriatric. Yeah. And she's like, you know, you know, we've seen that rise of maternal mortality in black women. So we have to, you know, be extra right. careful about that. I love when Jackie is just allowed to just sort of like be the educator and like sort of like she's great. She really has a great I mean, being the doc, being a doctor, like she has a great bedside manner to oh, yeah. like. It, yeah. Um, Sonya is hoping <laughs> Sonya makes a comment that she hopes that Deuce and the new baby will have a, as close a relationship as her and Shari. And I'm like, as we've seen this season. <laughs> like what? <laughs> like is also who is is Deuce the Sonya or is Deuce the Shari then in that scenario? Because you uh, know, I, I would say that Deuce is probably Shari because she's the one that threw up the deuces. There we go. That works. <laughs> um, we fast forward to day four now of filming the pass. Um, Candy's talking our confessional <laughs> right next to Todd in the confessional. Talks about how you know Todd's a Leo. And I'm, I'm a team player at the end of the day, so I just let, let him have his way, and I'll only speak up if I really think something. And Todd's like, thanks, babe. <laughs> like, stroke my ego, please. Well, yeah. I mean, and, and it is his project, and he really, like, wanted to take the reins on this, and it was really important to him. And I think, um, especially with someone like Candy, who was usually the one in charge, mm-hmm. it's it's was very compassionate for her to take a step back on this one project and let him lead. Right. Um, they're ta- Todd talks about how they're saving basically like six figures on location fees because they're filming everything in the house and then like in their other properties and stuff like that they have, which I get. Like I get that too, but you could have switched out the mattress. Yeah. Well, the, the she- I think Drew said in the after show that the sheet, they're not the same sheets. They're not the well, same. I like- mean, sheets. That's one thing, but like, but also, I don't want you on my mattress. But also, they ain't they ain't fucking like that. Like what we talked before, it's like there's a lot. Like Drew says, like it's a lot of um um choreography, really, more than anything. Well, right, but still, it, it's not like sure. Drew and her co-star are not fucking in that bed, but Candy and <laughs> Todd sure. have sure like. They may well have made their youngest in that bed. You don't know how long that mattress has been there. Mm. So it's like you could have took it into a guest room. Like well, they got how many rooms in that house? Yeah. You could have put them in a guest room for that scene, or you could have swapped the mattresses to the guest room. You could have swapped, flipped the mattress over at least. Come on. Drew talks about how she's nervous about her sex scenes once Moneta comes over and they're and they're talking. Drew says. You know, this is my first sex scene, and 
definitely my first sex scene with a woman. You know, it's a lot of firsts. This just... this keeps happening throughout this episode where Drew wants to make it absolutely perfectly clear that she has never had sex with a woman before. Here's the thing. In this movie, she is not taking on a masculine role from what we have seen. No, she's she's submissive and like the Right. Yeah. So how is it different for her? Than what she experiences in real life. She just wanted an excuse to like, again, it's like. Like for me, it would be different. I'm a trans femme person. And so like my mannerisms are more feminine than I would be if I were cis and het. But like if I were trying to play that role of a heterosexual male, Especially in that. So it would be drastically a different experience for me, right? Right. And I would have to do a lot of acting, like, with, like, the physicality of it and all of that would be very different. It ain't, it, it ain't no different for you, Drew. You, what? Her head is covered by the blanket. You don't even look at her. Babe, she never, she hasn't thought of a woman. She ain't, would never think of a woman. A woman's she, mouth ain't any different than a man's. Yeah. But the, I don't get it. It's 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 and it's not even on you. Like it's fake. And it's crazy though that like knowing that this ends this whole season ends with this like tie reveal. Like I you would think at the first end that she's like, okay, you're really just doubling and tripling down over the you didn't kiss Latoya thing, right? But no, it's like no, the Latoya thing is even the reason the Latoya thing upset you so much. Seemingly is because you want I feel seemingly no hint that you would have any possibility to ever be with a woman and have any interest in being with a woman because why is it everybody... It has to be, right? Why is it everybody gay right now? (laughs) It's her, it's Kyle on Beverly Hills. Like, what's going on? (laughs) It's something in the water. Something in the water making our housewives gay. Is it the the woke mind virus? (laughs) Somebody call InfoWars. They got it right. (laughs) Uh... Candy says they're confessional joking about, like, it's not going to take much for you to get comfortable, Drew. Yeah. As we know. Um, Drew says she, they asked, like, well, what did you tell Ralph? And Drew's like, you know, I gave Ralph an overview, and I told him, you know, what he needed to know. I don't know everything about his job. I'm like, do you know anything about his job? Because... He works in technology. Yeah, we... That's what we know. There was an episode of the After Show this season where, like, a producer asked her, and she literally spends, like, two minutes trying to like describe what it is and what like, do you do successfully or, or quickly not even successfully just what do you do <laughs> like you don't even have to be good at it <laughs> no candy uh tells todd about what happened at drew's event with courtney and whether courtney called drew a bitch and in uh portugal manetta then pulls up the video for to show drew and candy candy it says the point of like, well, was she talking about Drew or was she talking about Sonya? Because she's pointing at Sonya. And Manetta goes, which is my point. Manetta goes, she's going to call Sonya a bitch to her face? Yeah. No. Like, why would she? No. That doesn't make any sense. Like, clearly she was talking about Drew. The, and Drew says it like, the conversation was about me. The, like, the dialogue. So, yeah, she's probably calling me a bitch. Like, but she doesn't say that word. Uh, she doesn't call any woman a bitch. Candy. Bitch. Yeah, well, Candy's confessional. 
was the, I laughed so hard. This was my favorite part of the episode. She goes, I'm not quite sure who Courtney was calling a bitch, but she did call someone a bitch, and she told us she never uses the word bitch. The footage says it's a lie, bitch. <laughs> bitch. <laughs> Candy does this thing where the laugh doesn't get above her cheekbones. It doesn't hit her eyes. And so it's it's just... It's a little bit unnerving, but it's just, it's it's so funny when she does it. We go over to Sheree's uh, house as she's bringing over Lance, who's the party planner that's going to help put together her sip and see for Mecca. <laughs> and so there was just something about he brings over this guy called the Balloon King. <laughs> Sheree goes, hello, Balloon King. <laughs> Which I, the dialogue also of like, so Sheree also makes it very clear later that like, so there is a budget, but there's no budget. Like there's not like basically do whatever because I'm not gonna pay you at the end of the day. Um, <laughs> it's kind of unwritten, unwritten rule. But wasn't it last season when when Drew was or Sheree was like so mad at Drew for how much she was spending on balloons for that party uh-huh. that they were joint hosting or whatever. Uh huh. And now it's just like balloons for days like i don't know also this man had a whole ass molar on top of his head oh, for hair you hated it so much it's so, like this pompadour that was on like it was just it it looked like a molar and if you didn't see it before you won't be able to unsee it now it literally is sh- like it's rectangular and then it like comes in in the middle like there's a slight it looks exactly like a tooth yeah and i i just i can't it's too much it's, it's way it's too, too much, much depth too much uh too much height too much everything hair for the most part should not be three dimensioned don't it, it shouldn't be like that big no no yeah. we're not doing that today yeah uh we go to day five now of shooting for uh the past and this is where Drew then actually films her sex scene and they watch it on the monitor outside or whatever and, and, and that. That was a lot for uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, Drew says, Drew says in her confessional, just in case we're not sure, uh, she goes, it doesn't come easy to having to connect with a woman on screen. I'm not naturally attracted to women. Okay. Like, again, it's like, God. It's called acting. It's so not she's that not big act- of a deal. But that's the thing. It's like, she's not acting. She's not acting, but she doesn't want us to know that. It's just how, because how, God forbid, we we think that she at at any point would have any form of an attraction to a woman. It's twenty twenty three. Like, come on. Yeah. Like, I'm not gonna like push you out of the closet, but when you are fighting so hard to stay in a closet that nobody's trying to force you out of, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I just... No, guys, I really love the closet. It's really spacious, and, like, it's, you know... Like, it's, girl, it's glass. We see you. Yeah. It's... Just, like, if you're comfortable, stay there, but stop screaming but about it. The thing is, I, it comes off, like, like, internalized homophobia, like we mentioned last week, but, like, I don't think it's even that, necessarily. I think it's probably, like, I don't want to look like I'm cheating on Ralph, because Ralph yeah. doesn't make me happy, which... I, to, would we... Here's the thing. Would we blame her if she's cheating on Ralph? No. I wouldn't. I would, I would cheat on Ralph. Like. <laughs> Fuck him. Yeah. It's like, okay, good on it. Like, go for it. Like, like we get it. He's terrible. He's the worst. Like, do I think it's like the best thing to do in the situation? No. 
But I also think he's kind of abusive, and like I would understand. Kinda. If he, well, yeah, but we. I know what you mean. But it's more emotionally, financially, that sort of thing. Not really like physical abuse that we know of. No, I agree. And so it's just like I don't like. I don't want to put her in the situation where she's like, where I act like she doesn't feel safe enough to leave, but she very well could like, there's emotional abuse to a level where you don't feel safe. Right. But it, I don't see any of those telltale signs. Um, not saying that it's not happening. Like if it is girl, get out. But also if you're feeling safe enough to cheat, you could probably just leave at a point where it's like, like I, th- I would think it would be safer to leave than to cheat. Sure. I wonder if there is a want, like maybe, maybe to give her the benefit of that, maybe it's a desire of like, well, I need to keep our, you know, nuclear family or whatever together. And like, you know, which some people, I get people are like, you know, for the kids, I don't want my kids living in a broken home. I think but it's, it's like, more to do with her mom, to or, be honest. And that too. And that sort of like coupling into things. I mean, she's mentioned last week that, like, you know, part of what Allison told her was, like, her divorce was what really kickstarted her mental health issues. And, like... It could be that, too. Like, there's a lot of There's a lot going on. Right? But, like, ain't nobody going to be mad about you for, like, a little pussy pussy. The audience ain't. The audience ain't. Your other housewives are not. Like, they're going to support you. Half of them done it, too. So, like, come on. Yeah. We then go to Marlo's uh, Foster Care Friday event uh, that she's doing. I don't. I didn't write much about this because not much happened. Well, yeah, because it was a bullshit uh, event thrown together at the last second in order to take the place of what should have been Kenya's where, opening, where not even half the cast showed up. Yeah. So why did again? Why Kenya made a point of like she showed the photo from her her hair salon event where she had pretty much all the cast except Marlo. She had, not only that, she had Cynthia, she had Claudia Jordan there, which, like, you know, it's like, and it looked fabulous. Like, what? and not to say that this didn't, but, like, Kenya also said on the Carlos King thing that, like, it was, like, you know, all my scenes don't get, you know, put on the episode, but then magically this, like, foster care event just, like, comes out of nowhere, and then, like, that gets, you know, suddenly you're this, like, angel doing this thing, and I didn't see the point of this other than to continually rehab Marlo's image. The fo- her foster care thing is great, cool, awesome, but it's not like a big factor in this season. Right. I was more moved by, and we'll talk about it later, mm-hmm. by Jen on OC talking about, you know, her son that she adopted through the foster care system. Yeah. I was more moved with all of that than I was with Marlo's thing. And I maybe could be moved by Marlo's thing at the end of the day. I think she's done. Here's my thing. I think she needs to let that story rest for a little bit because I think she did a little too much damage last season. Right. I think she, with the whole, like, being mad at Candy because she didn't bring designer clothes or whatever to the... Such the, bullshit. To the clothes drive or whatever. You know, and the like the stuff with her nephews and stuff. It's like I can't I I needed you to drop that for a season and I really I really I needed her to relax this season. I needed her to just yeah. like do a little bit of funny shade here and there, like and I and I probably would feel better about Marlo this season. Those three episodes after the 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 feud the mini feud with candy was dropped yeah those three episodes were magical yeah 
When she was getting into it with Drew, I was a little more like, okay, I'm open here. Because, like, at least I th- I think you have more of a point, Marlo, in this Drew stuff, because I don't know if I can trust Drew on certain things. And, you know, the dialogue's a little fun and whatever. But, like, it was just, it, we started so badly off the bat with yeah. this candy stuff. And then with her, like, beating down Kenya's door and with Brooklyn. And I was just like, this is too much. Yeah. And, and, and my frustration is that like, she keeps putting out the narrative this season in her confessionals and elsewhere of like, you know, I'm working with Sharon. I'm improving my life. I'm, you know, I'm learning from my mistakes and I'm growing as a human being and I'm making improvements. And then we don't see them, but then that's fine. If the editors would play it for laughs if they would play it as, I mean, Marlo, you're saying this, but look at this clip and really right. like, ju- like, like telling the audience, like, girl, we can't take you seriously saying this. But they're acting as if we should take it seriously. Right. They're acting as if she's made any difference in the way that she behaves. And she hasn't. She's in ways gotten worse. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sonya and Courtney show up and they, uh, Sheree's not there because she's doing a tasting for her uh, sip and see event. And Marlo's kind of bothered by that, wanting her to show up. Um, but they do like a little like sort of like intro thing where they introduce people. Scott Lee shows up to support her after the whole thing is pretty much over. <laughs> yeah. And then Sheree uh, show, surprises her and they're like, Oh yeah, we're so excited. That was about the extent of the scene. It, yep. There wasn't much there. I, like I would have much rather seen the salon opening. They didn't even put her behind the podium. It was some other woman behind the podium. Yeah. And then they had her standing off to the side talking to people like she mattered. She said like five words, I think. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Stop. This is bad. Uh, Kenya talks to Candy before they go to um, Sheree's event. And they're like, what are you wearing, Candy? There's like, I got this like hot pink number. And Kenya's like, you know that the dress code is nude, right? Like she Claire, she made sure to say that the dress code was nude. And Candy's like, oh, fuck. But then later in the episode, Kenya is shady for this. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> we'll get to it. Um, Sonya's the first to show up at Chateau Charest, um while Charest's doing her makeup. Sonya, Sonya really needs to work on her lines, like her like sort of like witty lines. She walks in and goes, and is admiring how amazing everything looks. And she goes, I tell you, she by Charest, she by throw a party. What? <laughs> so it wasn't she by throw a party? It's- I- she about to throw a party. It oh, was that what it the was? Same. It sounds similar enough that she was trying to make that connection, huh. but it was bad. It's like, it's no. not she bout Sheree. It's she by Sheree. No. No, Sonia. <laughs> produ- it, it was so loose. I almost did. It took me several times watching the episode to catch that. Yeah. The producer in Sheree's confessional asked her, so is this a party for Mecca or is this a party for you? And she's like, it's both of us. I'm a glamour. I'm, I'm a, okay. Mecca was there in name only. Mecca came out for like five seconds. It was processed through like she was on the, like she was the queen of England done dead <laughs> and on her tour through the country. And was just like, it was like, I'm going to bed. And that's it. Like she, it, it was so bad. Um, Marlo can't be at the event because she has a funeral that she has to be at in Florida. So that's why she's not there. Um, they're go- uh, oh, so Drew, we go to day six now of the shooting for the past. Drew is in her trailer. Um, she's like, yeah, we had a long night shooting last night, like late into the night. She's talking to her, um, assistant for the movie. 
She's like, yeah, we have like 10 scenes today. So that, and then Drew goes, honestly, I don't want to keep doing stuff like this. If it's not lifetime and above, I'm not doing it. And Candy was pissed about this on her speak on it. And I do not blame her at all. What is, why would you say that? Like, like that's just really fucked up. I'm sorry. And you know, and it's like, it's one thing to say it in private. Like that's what maybe like when you're at home or you know, you're recorded, you know, like that was not okay. <laughs> like not only was it not okay, but it was just, it was mean. There was no need for that. No. And also like, she was doing you a favor. I don't see you getting booked on a whole bunch of gigs like this. Yeah. I, I've not seen, like, I'm over here looking like they were at Heather's IMDb page looking at yours going, hmm. I mean, I know you were in that white, I mean, white chicks, like you're in a scene, but like. Yeah, but that was like 80 years ago. Like, what have you done for us lately? Yeah. So, so like, I don't get it. But it's, and it's like. Candy gives you this opportunity and you're, but it's like your anger for her is still more, is still enough in your head to where you would say something like that. And it's like, girl, get over it. Get the literal fuck over it. The only reason you're angry in my view now is that I, I have to assume it's because you're wanting to cover up some affair that you're having. Clearly. Yeah, clearly. And you think Candy like blew your cover. Ralph shows up at the trailer and he's like, Oh God, it's hot in here. And Drew like has the heat on. She's like, you know, and I control the heat because it's my trailer. And then Ralph uh, says to Danny, the onset assistant, because they're in like one of those like booth um, things that you would have like have mm-hmm. in a trailer. And he goes, you're going to be able to squeeze out of there? To and, this larger black man. Yeah. Plus, and he like laughed about it. But I'm like, that is, I don't, do you know this person? Like, it's not okay to say it anybody, but it's like, I feel like you don't know this person well enough to say something like that. I don't know a person in my life that I would be okay saying that to right, me. Right, 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 right. I agree. Like, but like, fuck all the way off, Ralph. Yeah. Like, literally, go fuck yourself. He's terrible. Fuck you. He's the fucking worst. And he gets worse this conversation. I was so uncomfortable with this conversation. It's, ugh. Um, Drew's like, you know, yeah, we haven't really seen each other because our work schedules are so different. Like, I, you know, when you're, I'm working while you're in bed, blah, blah, blah. Drew talks about how she's like finding stuff in her character to connect with. And she's like, you know, it's really kind of close to who I am for real. And then they cut to Ralph just like staring, like, like that kind of like intense stare of like upset, but holding it in Mm -hmm. stare. She's like, like, she's a wife. She's submissive. She's and Ralph goes a lesbian. I'm wondering if he was suspecting something. Some of the questions, I mean, maybe it's from just a general standpoint of paranoia, but, like, I wonder if he was suspecting something at this point in this sort of, like, dialogue. In terms of, like, specifically, like, a specific affair she was having with Ty or whoever. Yeah. You know what I mean? It just I got that vibe from it. Yeah. Like... Well, but that would all... Never mind. I'm not going to question this man's intelligence. Oh, sure. (laughs) I just, that would require him picking up clues. And I just don't know if that's something he's in the habit of doing because he would have to be observant. You're right. Yeah, that's a good point. Ralph talks about in in his confessional, like, you know, it's become really chaotic with Drew working because, you know, I've had to pick up the slack in the household. Again, I ran into him on this last week. It's like, 
You're a father. Like, oh, oh, you had to pick up. You had to make sure your kids were taken care of because Drew had to work for. Shut up. Also, even if you didn't have kids, like, fuck you for assuming that all the housework's going to fall onto her. Yeah. I, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, you know, this man is an entire asshole. Ralph's like, you know, I do have questions. And then asked Drew, like, if, did you kiss her? And Drew goes, I mean, and Ralph goes, so you gave her some tongue. And then Drew goes, I mean, how would you feel if I said I gave her some tongue? And Ralph goes, really? And it's like, <laughs> but again, it's like, why is Drew, part of me is also like, well, why is Drew dancing around it? If it is like, it's a job again, it's a job. You're right. actresses like, f- like fuck off. Like, I don't get it. I just, I don't get it. Yeah. But then explaining that, like, you know, yeah, you know, my character, it's not like my character was like hitting on, again, ex- explaining it as if it's not an acting role. I don't know why she's doing this, but she was like, you know, my character is like the submissive one that gets turned out. You know, I'm not initiating. And Ralph is like, so you were like a damsel in distress. And Drew goes like, yeah, I've like, I've never done this before. And then again, they cut to Ralph just like still like almost like serial killer level smile. It's like that knowing smile of like, I know what you're doing and I like, but it, it, I got, I felt like that was what it was. And then he just gets creepy. Yeah. Then he turns really creepy. He's like, well, I kind of want to watch. No. Drew's like, you know, I kind of wish he would just like not creep me out like this and respect me as an actress. And I'm like, okay, but it, but you're also not respecting yourself as an actress. So like, clearly, um, but even then, like, even then it was like, as much as like, okay, Ralph, like, but it was like, okay, he's like a dude, bro. So it's like, Ooh, I want to see two women kiss, which whatever that would have been fine if he was like, yeah, but that'd be kind of sexy. I'd love like, right. I, like if he was more casual with it, instead of like this creepy, like he, he literally acted like some frat dude at a, at a party. I wouldn't go. It I wouldn't even gross. say, I think frat dudes have more like couth than him. Cause then he goes, no. Because then he goes, <laughs> so she was munching? Ugh. And I was like, and Drew literally goes, wow, okay. And then Ralph goes, did you have an orgasm? What is, what, like, I was like, what road are we going down? I don't like this. And the music over top was, like, rightfully creepy, where it was just, like, something weird is happening, and I don't like it. Also, this isn't porn. It's not smut. It's not anything like that. It's a sex scene in a movie. Yeah. She's like, I'm ready for him to leave. Like, when you're telling, like, when when your husband is, like, creeping you out, where you're audibly talking about, like, he's creeping me out right now. It's like, why isn't this your sign to leave? Yeah. Like, I don't know. And then Drew literally goes, this is the first thing you asked me about this whole time I've been shooting. And then goes, I'm so happy you weren't on set. And then that's the whole, like, and we don't even see really Ralph's reaction to that. And it's just, that's the scene. I was like, this is a weird scene. Like it's, it it was just like awkward. Like, like not even like good reality TV awkward. It was just like, what are we watching? Right. And like, part of me is going, what happened after cameras cut? Yeah. Because this seems like it was going to a place where she was about to have security remove him from the premises. It, it, I didn't like the look in his eyes. I didn't, I didn't like it. Like, if we're talking about Lifetime movies, this is the point where he's uh-huh. about to break into her house at night and watch her sleep. Yeah. What if this is just like a big Lifetime movie and we're in like, <laughs> and we're in like a simulation? 
Um, oh jeez. Um, guests start filing into the uh, charade's uh, sip and see. Um, Bob, the, the girls start talking. Bob then arrives, <laughs> and Bob says hi to Cynthia oh, and, and Candy and all that. But then just walks away and goes, "Let me go get a little drinky drink and watch the football game." It's like what? <laughs> like he's just gonna lounge in her house? Uh, okay. Bob, sir, is, you do not live here. Bob is a walking um, um, PSA for CTE. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but it's not just the CTE. There's like a heavy dose of misogyny in there with it. Yeah, it's like there was Bob was I got uh, Bob was bad before the traumatic braided. Injuries. I need to see. I want to almost like if there was any footage like back 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 in the day of like Sheree and Bob together because I don't get it. I don't How get did Sheree? Not only that Sheree picked him, because we know Sheree's not a great picker, like we've seen across the show. Well, but at least but the guys to that be- we've seen have a level of, like, suave to them. Yeah. Like, where did Bob used to have that, and he dropped it Maybe when he years? was in football. I mean, clearly his son has got it. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, like, I don't, where did Bob's go? And did it- he, like, literally take it off and hand it? To his child and her and both her and Bob's kids seem pretty like well adjusted for the most part, I would say. So it's like, what the fuck? How the fuck that happened? I have no clue. Yeah, Courtney arrives. I love this. Courtney arrives and says hi, and then Candy's like, Candy hugs her and is like, you know, it's weird seeing you without a hat. And then we see like flashbacks to her like always wearing like hats or headbands or whatever. And Candy goes, I was like, is something wrong with her head? Like says this right to Courtney's face. <laughs> Uh, God, it, <laughs> I mean, all that bobblehead and it's like, I, I wouldn't guess. be surprised. Maybe you just need to hold it in together. You gotta, you gotta weld the neck down a little bit. It's, it's a little loose. Uh, uh, Sonya's like, well, Sheree told me like, you know, she isn't coming down until like everyone is here. You, and I had to be like, you know, it's not a, you know, it's about the baby, right? Like, it's not about <laughs> you. Um, I do think that Sheree, I will say this. I thought Sheree looked stunning this episode. Oh, absolutely. I love that dress. And that color on her. Oh, yeah. Really, really top notch. Um, and also with her old face. <laughs> <laughs> Look, her new face looks fine after it's settled. Yeah. Like the first time we saw it and still like the first day, um, like uh, 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 interviews that we have of her are awful. Right. There's subsequent days in that same outfit that it's not so bad. Right. And then once we get to the after show, it's. She looks like Kiki Palmer. Well, yeah. She looks like you put Kiki Palmer, Drew Sedora, and her in a blender. This is what you get. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, Kenya arrives. The, the lady at the front, uh, it, the check-in or whatever, is like asking for names. And she's like, Kenya Moore, now you should know who I am. <laughs> but she, Kenya does it where it's like, I can, like, all those comments about like Kenya being a mean girl and stuff like that. Yeah. It's like, she, it's because of like these comments, but she's clearly joking. Like she, yeah. she doesn't laughs and like it's a joke and it's not. But like, I mean, I also can understand because you never know with famous people whether you should treat them like they're an everyday person, right? Or if you should treat them like a famous person. And it really is different depending on like it's every person is different, every yeah. person's preference is different. And if that person's never interacted with Kenya before, she may not know that Kenya just. Neat. You just refer to her as Miss Moore. Don't act like she ain't nobody. <laughs> but Kenya and and her friend Akila arrive, and Akila is in all baby blue, with like a little nude like paneling now, underneath. Now, to be fair, I don't 
was it really baby blue? It was more soft than it like was, powder blue, maybe. I, for like a ba- for a baby reveal, I wouldn't even touch it. Also, like, Mecca is a little girl. Yeah, she's a yeah. So like, why are you wearing? I mean, sure, like gendered colors and whatnot. I get like, who gives a fuck? But like, when you know it's like. Nude and like on the pink side of things. Why the fuck are you wearing blue? Well, because we find out later that like it was like the the theme was nude for the guests, but then everyone in the family was told to wear pink. Right, but pink is just like brighter nude. Sure, <laughs> sure. I mean, um, but my but she did look amazing. She looked great. The, the pearl details on her shoulders were stunning. It would have looked better at Marlo's event where the dress sure. was blue. <laughs> sure, but I'm just saying that look by itself, absolutely stellar. But what I was saying before, like the fact that Kenya had that conversation with Candy about the dress code on the phone, and then came with Akila. Like, did it, she come with Akila? I think so. If they came in different cars, I would understand it. But right. like, if they came in the same car, the fact that Kenya wouldn't tell Akila, no, you got to change. Like, yeah, I mean, she told Moneta in Birmingham, like, no, you got to change out of that. We're not going to the strip club. Yeah. Like, that was shady. <laughs> it was kind of shady. But it's, like, Moneta looked fine. And then they got there, and Moneta was had previously been dressed like everybody else at that event. Right. Um, Sheree is taking pictures by the balloon, like, uh, set up and all that stuff. And Bob comes by and tells her she did a good job. Sheree talks about that Bob, even though, like, you know, all the stuff with their divorce and, like, sort of the tumultuous stuff mm-hmm. with, like, him being a father and stuff like that. He is a part of Mecca's life. So, and he's taking that role seriously as a grandfather. So, you know, she, you know, it's a good for him to be there. And then like, he, they're trying to take photos together and Bob goes like, can I touch you at all? And Sherry goes, it depends where. And then Bob like grabs her around the waist and Sherry's like, oh, no, no, no. I'm like, what is this man? Well, I mean, it's not even around the waist. His hand was lower belly into the groin region. Yeah. And I'm like, Sir. Absolutely not, and also not when Martell's walking up. Like, like I mean, it was probably editing, but like it's as he's doing this, Martell is getting but, out of the car. But then also he immediately walks from there, does like the broy like hand shoulder bump, yeah, yeah, hug yeah. type thing, and then walks away. This was the first time he's meeting Martell. Yeah, Sheree says that in her confessional. Like, I mean, good but that's on- your meeting. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Like, good on you. Like, You don't even say hi, kiss my ass, like, how's fucking my ex-wife, nothing? Something. Like, you didn't say anything to this man. You just did shoulder bump, walk away. Right. No words. No. Um, Drew then pulls up, and, Drew's in, uh, and Drew immediately calls Candy, and you can tell she's, like, upset. And she basically tells Candy, like, hey, I'm outside, but, like, I'm not coming in. Because I just pulled up, and there's a man here who assaulted me. And Candy's like, oh, shit. And we, talk, and we find out that it's Anthony, the assistant from last season, who... Is here in casual clothes. Why was he there? What the, he's not Sheree's current assistant. Sheree claims that the reason Somebody he, on production called him and had him come in last second. Do you think? Yeah, and I'm thinking about it now. Think because we were just talking about Kenya's event. Mm-hmm. The whole reason that Kenya's event in Birmingham was shut down was because the venue was not properly informed and briefed by production. Oh, production's not afraid to do it. I'm, I, I don't, I, I, do, I think you're, that's right to assume. 
But I was like, Sheree uses the excuse of like, well, I invited Anthony because like, you know, he hooked me up with Martel. But then why, why is he here in a t-shirt and booty shorts? Like, because he walks in and you can literally the shorts are hoochie shorts. Yeah. And he, I didn't like, the, they cut to like the clip of him walking in and he like, like, like storms past like this photographer like with clearly He's squeezing through people it's like the it just the vibe is just like clearly you're an asshole like it, yeah. i just got the the vibe from him immediately well and, and he also does that and then immediately goes down the stairs into the basement where i'm sure video village is sure he was there i mean whether it was production or elsewhere he was there to cause mess and i yeah. think and I don't watch it, but I was reading comments that, like, apparently he's also, like, in drama on, like, Basketball Wives and, like, is, like, like, he's, like, cro- the fact that he's, like, cross-platforming, like, Absolutely being a messy, not. like, I, I don't get it. He clearly wants, Sit like. Sit down somewhere. He wants, like, five minutes of fame. Can he and go out to talk to Drew? And basically, so according to Drew, um, she says she was at a lounge. Which we find out later, I think, from Speak On It, I want to yeah, say. Yes, so it was Speak On It. That it was actually the Lanethia Lounge. which So, of course, they can't talk about Nini on the shows. So. Right. Um, but that she... And I don't know if I fully even believe Drew. I, I don't think... Uh, like, she's like, I was at this lounge, and then Anthony was there, and I had taken my shoes off and put them on, like, the VIP couch because I was dancing or whatever. And then he went over, grabbed a shoe, and started throwing it at me. And he had to get kicked out or whatever. To me, I feel like that's a very sanitized version of what happened, probably. Probably. But he also seems to corroborate the shoe-throwing thing because he talks about it later in the episode. Right, but he says it was his shoes. Irrelevant, dude. Yeah. But my thing is, like, I don't think it was simply she was there, he was there, he saw her, and then decided to throw a shoe. There was probably some words exchanged. Doesn't mean that it was right for him to do it. Like, you know, but like, I think like her, like it probably wasn't as sanitized as Drew was putting it. Right. You know, there's probably somewhere in between. Um, Miss Quad is there. We mm-hmm. get, I, and I say Miss Quad because they love the caption underneath literally said Miss Quad. Which like, <laughs> yes. Of course. Um, Sheree finally does like her grand entrance and stuff like that. Um, says hi to everyone. Um, Candy then goes to tell Sheree like why Drew isn't coming in. And, you know, because she had this issue with her assistant. And Sheree's like, you know, we squashed all that at the reunion, blah, 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 whatever. But then Anthony is, like, right behind her as this conversation Conveniently. Conveniently. Like, knowing his angle. Like, he was like, get my good side of my face. And just walks in and goes, "Uh, ain't nobody worried about Drew's wide ass. And I'm like, oh, God. And, like. Ain't nobody worried about you. What the fuck are you doing here? Go home. Sheree's like, Anthony, you told me that you were good with with the girl. And then Anthony goes, the only issue I have with her is the bitch's marriage is unsuccessful and her acting career is down the drain. I'm like, oh, my fucking God. Like, can we get Dwight back? And what is your career, sir? (laughs) So she had an acting career. Yeah. What what career did you have? I just, uh, I don't get it. And I don't get why, like. He's also, like, talk shit about both Sheree and Drew. So it's like... And Candy. 
Yeah. Tangentially, uh, her acting career is down the drain while she's literally starring in Candy's movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. And it's just like, yeah, yeah. Like I was saying, get Dwight back. Like, you know, this low rent version is not working. I'm not even here for Dwight. Get um, Miss. Uh, oh, Miss Lawrence. Miss Lawrence. I'd much rather have Miss Lawrence get, on there. Miss Lawrence is shady, but she's also like fair and good to be. Like, Dwight was awful <laughs> in the last few seasons he was on. Also, why? And since we're talking about gay men on Atlanta. Um, why don't we see any more of uh, Brandon, Kenya's friend? Remember Kenya's gay friend? Oh, right, right. I like Kenya's oh, but, friend. But Brandon was the one that caused the problem at that uh, uh, that that party. The the sleep the um, pillow fight. Yes, thing. that was. He kind of he kind of caused it. So it is a lot. There was, and lot. I I can understand why why now that Candy and Kenya are tight, why she would be like. I don't want him around. Sure. I get it. Um, Candy asks, like, well, did you throw a shoe at her? And, and Anthony goes, I threw my shoes at her because she threw her cheap-ass bag at me. Um, and Candy's like, you know, it says they were like, even though Drew and I aren't on the best page and we have our issues, like, I'm going to be on the side of the person trying not to start the bullshit. And clearly Anthony is the one starting the bullshit. <laughs> Right. Like I like I'm not when, when I say the about Drew's story about this, I'm I'm pretty sure Drew's in the right. Yeah, probably. But, but like I don't think it's, you know. And it's also like the other thing that to me is evidence of the fact that all of this was staged bullshit mm-hmm. is the fact that there's literally a picture of Drew at the party oh, after yeah. production wraps. Yeah, like apparently like once everything wrapped, like they all went to party in Sheree's basement and and Drew was just showed back up. Which means Anthony wasn't there anymore, which means he was only there for this little scene. He was in and out. Yeah. Which is why he wasn't dressed. But also Drew, why are you going back to that party? Like come on. Probably cuz Candy called her and said, "Hey, he's gone. You can come back. Cameras are down." She doesn't just- want to be home with Ralph. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't either, yeah. especially as creepy as he was earlier that day. Fuck him. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Martel says hi to Kenya. Kenya then asks, like, can we have a conversation, like, to sort of initiate? And he's like, ah, I don't know. Kenya's like, just a quick talk. It's fine. Um, Kenya's like, you know, at the end of the day, I'll always have Sheree's back. And that's why I, that's what I was trying to explain that night. That's my, that was all I was trying to do by bringing up that DM. It was to, you know, make sure that me and Sheree are good. And Kenya's like, at the end of the day, like, I matched your energy because, like, I didn't have anyone there with me. You know, everyone here has, like, a man that would maybe step in and do that for them. Me, I don't have that. So when that gets brought my way, I'm the one who matched it. Yeah. So that's what happened. Sheree and her confessor, oh, I didn't have a man with me. Bitch, you never have a man with you. You didn't bring one. You barely brought yours this season. This is the, what? Second, no, third episode, but second event that he's been to. Yeah. And it's not like, again, it's just more for like Kenya to explain why she's the one proactively going to go to bat for herself. Like, that's all she meant by that. Martell apologizes for everything. Sheree then then asks Kenya if she'll apologize. And then Kenya's like, you know, know, I was defending myself, but I apologize for you offending you. You know, it's kind of a, you know, and then they, and then Kenya's like, but I didn't curse at you. And then they show the clip of her saying, and yes, she did say like, you're a fucking asshole, whatever. But that was, but she was matching his energy again. She she was matching his energy. And when she means I didn't curse at you, she's mean, she means I didn't initially start a fight by cursing at you. Right. That's what she means. Clearly like whatever. 
Maybe I'm a Kenya apologist, but that's okay. I'll take that mantle. Um, Charade, Charade, then uh, somebody has to because the producers don't have her back. Mm-hmm. Um, Charade uh, parades Mecca out in her carriage. The the funeral procession that you were it's saying so bad. I get it. I I get it, but it's like it's just weird. Like yeah. I don't. Yeah. Um, they then start taking family photos. Uh, the Charade clan, and then so Bob's there. And is next to Cairo, and and uh, 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 Callie is there, and then this woman like just stands next to Bob into mm-hmm. the photos, and all the women are confused of like who the who's that like including Sheree apparently confused yeah. by who this woman yeah. is. She says hi, nice to meet you, but like doesn't know yeah. who it is, and so then and then Sheree's like okay, Martel, come over here because she thinks it's like a girlfriend. Right. Like, so it's like, well, we're, I'm going to have, you know, equal sides on this or whatever. And, but they're like, who is that? And Candy's like, is there another daughter we don't know about? <laughs> Kenya's face as they're looking at her, them taking the photos was like. This the, is. The facial expressions were amazing. This scene. <laughs> like, like, I feel like this was, if the rest of the season had been good. This scene would have earned them an Emmy. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good scene. Like, the facial work alone from these five women that are on camera when Bob, and later on when Bob (laughs) is trying to explain to them what's going on, is just, it's a masterpiece. There are so many perfect, like, memeable moments out of that. You could get, like, five or six different sets of expressions from them and it's it's just beautiful it's so good um her name is candace and sheree's like well introduce me to candace and then we find out that this is bob's daughter from before sheree and him got married Uh but sheree only thought she had that bob had two kids and apparently he has a third because they were on a need to know basis back then yeah that's what bob says to the it's like what like yeah. How the fuck is an extra kid a need-to-know basis? Yeah. Uh, my, my theory is that when him and Sheree got together, he didn't have a third kid. She was pregnant with her. Clearly, this is something Bob didn't find out till a little oh, bit. Oh, I don't think it was that. I think he, he was being um, particularly um, hardline on definitions. No, I have two children. Um, I have a third one on the way, but I'm not going to tell you that. Maybe that's true. But I just, the crazier part is that Candace then starts talking about like, you know, yeah, I've been to, you know, some family events with like Cairo and Kay- and Callie. And it's like, what? And like Sheree's like, we're supposed to believe that Sheree has known nothing of this until this moment. As close as her and Cairo are, there's no way that he hasn't mentioned this to her. That's what I don't. I don't believe that Sheree doesn't know. I think because to me, like Sheree was way too calm this scene. I think way that, too calm. I think that that she knew or guessed who she was, but had never actually seen pictures of her and didn't know officially who it was. Right. She just saw this new random woman with Bob and was like, "I bet that's who that is." Probably. Like, but it's just like, yeah, I cannot imagine your children not telling you. Like, right. that's crazy. It's crazy to me. Yeah. Um, so then the women's then start to, <laughs> to sort of get 
talk to Bob. Candy goes, yeah, we're talking about you. As he walks into the conversation, Sonya asks how old she is. And Bob Jen just starts doing like finger math. And they have like the graphic of like, (laughs) (laughs) and he's like three years older than my oldest or or younger, younger than than my oldest. It's, it's like, you don't even know her age. It's just like, and then Kenya asks, like, well, then why, why didn't Shuri not know about this? And this is where Bob says, we we were on a need to know basis on things back then. And everyone's face is like, what? <laughs> but this, like everyone, Moneta starts laughing. If you pay close attention, Moneta cracks up. She's like this motherfucker over here. <laughs> yeah. And Ken, Candy goes, Bob, at the baby reveal is when you decide to reveal another baby. And then Bob goes, I thought it was apropos. <laughs> I'm like, you oh. ain't never heard the word apropos. Yeah. And well, and it was crazy. Like Candy in her confessional also said like, I've known Bob since I was 19 years old and I did not know how he had this child. It's like, yeah, that's ridiculous. No, like that's crazy. But Bob's like, I didn't know it was going to be Bob's inquisition. And then walks off. Well, no, he, before he walks off, he goes, uh, she, uh, I think he maybe says this to Ray. I don't know, but he goes, wait till I bring the twins. And they go, what? <laughs> And he goes, I'm just kidding. I'm like, you can't kid like that. The, the, based off of everything we've seen tonight, that's not a joke. You, you, you have lost the kidding right. You cannot kid about the kids. No, no, no kid kidding. And then so they, Sheree goes in to take a group fo- photo with the ladies. And they're just like, so we just talked to Bob. And like, what the fuck? Like, you didn't know any of this? And like, n- she's like, never met her in my life. Like, I don't. She's like, you probably know more about it than I do. Yeah. And then Sheree goes. Been a piece of shit, still a piece of shit. Cheese! <laughs> uh, and that was the episode of Atlanta for this week. Um, good ep- good episode. It's, yeah. Nothing's bad about anything. It's Other than, you know, all the bullshit that they cut, you know, that should have been there about Kenya's story. Right. Yeah. And more behind the scenes stuff more than anything. The finale looks interesting. with this The finale Drew's- looks interesting with the Drew... And then also with the the dealing with Sonya losing yeah. this pregnancy, um, and and then also today the, uh, the reunion trailer. trailer dropped, and oh my god, that reunion looks amazing! How is it just two parts? Yeah, I, that, whoa, yeah. The fact that it's two parts worries me in many ways. I wonder. I, we were talking about. I'm like, I feel like they're literally not going to talk about the Candy Marlowe nephew thing no because i need candy to set her right i need that but then i need like two minutes of just candy doing that and then like we're moving on yeah basically yeah that's all we need because it's like that's it's literally but i also feel like i'm in the twilight zone because you were saying all over twitter people were saying that this preview for the reunion looked boring i didn't understand that i saw some people being like oh it feels like an over-reliance on receipts but i'm like but it seemed and like props but I'm like, but it seems like it seems like the receipts are good. I we'll see. Yeah. So you know, we'll have to see how that turns out. That was the episode of Atlanta for this week. Be sure to tune in next week on the podcast when we have Emily Hanks from She Speaks Bravo on to talk about that finale. We're so excited for that. But we're going to take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we're talking the newest episode of Real Housewives of New York City. Don't go anywhere. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And, and you know, I'm the Riz. And, you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. 
but it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the wrestling man. That's right. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And if you're anything like us, you live your life out loud. And when it comes to issues of discrimination and equity and outright bigotry, we use every platform we have to speak out against systems of oppression that perpetrate violence against marginalized groups. That's why we are so proud to wear designs from the Survivors Know merch store. Their team has created designs that feature unapologetic, empowering, and survivor-centered messaging that range from mild, like accountability is love and toxicity is not on the menu, to a little more spicy, like one of my favorites, fuck your laws, fuck your system, transformative justice now, which has a cute little happy flower on it. Each design is available on a variety of items from t-shirts and hoodies to bags, blankets, magnets, and even stickers. And as more items become available, the options will continue to grow. 100% of the proceeds go back into supporting the amazing work done at Survivors Know to support survivors, workers, and survivor advocates by organizing, challenging the status quo, and creating alternatives to the systems that fail us. Support Survivors Know by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. Welcome back to A Gay and His MB. Let's head on up to the Big Apple, where apparently Aaron's sister thinks we're being entirely too loud <laughs> on the Real Housewives of New York City. Keep it quiet, folks. <laughs> it's a, oh, yeah. We'll, oh, God, we'll get to that. This was a fun episode. I thought this was, a, like, it seems, and, the, and also the mid-season trailer for Roni's come out to where, like, it feels like now lot bigger drama is about to happen oh, and yeah. it seems a lot of it is stemming from this party yeah. so it, it's exciting to see that happen so i'm really happy for it although i felt like it was still pretty like i didn't necessarily need there to be a ramp up in drama i liked this kind of light fun happy not gut-wrenching and not like sure. slap in the face era of housewives i i liked that that was I fun i definitely don't think it's gonna get gut-wrenching by any means like i know I, I know it's just any turn in that direction gives me like nom flashbacks to no, <laughs> jersey yeah, yeah. oh yo with jersey yeah like yeah no i don't think it's that i i highly i mean mark my words I highly doubt anything gets as toxic as Jersey is right now. Also, can we just stop talking about like online? Oh, can we? Can we stop? No, we gotta. We gotta win this fight, Teresa versus Melissa. We gotta do it every single fucking day of every. I like, just. I feel bad for you people. I'm sorry. I I can't. How do you have lives outside of tweeting about these two women who don't know you exist? Who have no clue, and and I can almost bet do not care. Like I just. Get a life, people. Yeah. Um, we see start the episode by seeing Uba meet with Jacob, who's her favorite jewelry designer, who she's known um, for a while now. She says that his jewelry is basically, she's the jeweler to the 1%, which, like, I love it. This episode is just, like, rich. Like, anything <laughs> rich, just shove it down my throat. Like we've Well, had, and it's been a long time since we've had, like, price tags yeah. on the lower thirds on Housewives. It was really nice to get that back on. I love a little expensiveness. Like, we'll see a little with OC as well uh, this episode. But, like, 
housewives should be a little expensive. Like, yeah, let, you know, that's the way to go. Uh, she invites Aaron over, and uh, basically, she's having Aaron borrow jewelry uh, for her anniversary party to to get to wear. And Aaron's, of course, excited about it because it's like expensive fucking jewelry at the end of the day, like real top level shit. Um, Bryn, we, as we see this, we also see Bryn going shopping for an outfit for the party, and she's going with Jessel to Kirna Zabate, which Jessel uh, is like talking up about how amazing and and trendy it is, and it's basically she says like it's basically my version of Disneyland, getting okay. shopped there. <laughs> I, okay. I mean, it's good to know these things. I mean, like it was like last week when Jessel. Is it? I think so. <laughs> like when Jessel had all those famous people at her party last episode, I was like. At least I know that, like, they're important. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I can't pick any of them out of a lineup a week later, but, like. It's mostly set dressing, but sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bryn's like, you know, I'm thinking doing, like, black tie sort of kind of vibe. And Jessel's like, like, you want to be the bride? <laughs> and Bryn, Bryn goes, yeah, no. Then I'll end up running away from that party. So that's uh -huh. And Bryn gets a little bit more into the fact that she, you know, has been thrice engaged and has broken off the engagement every time because she's always felt like she wasn't ready um she's <laughs> i love the producer and her confessor was like well then why not just say no and she's like it's kind of easier to say yes than say no to a proposal i mean there there's a lot to that especially if they were public proposals there's right. a lot of pressure to accept the proposal especially also in this tax bracket like i'm sure the oh, people yeah. that like are doling out for a pretty expensive ring and then you're just going to have to be like, can you return it? <laughs> like, there's a war Is there a, a return policy on that? Like, no, sure. I'll take it. And then I'll just, <laughs> I'll pawn it. It's fine. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I, I get Bryn's point. Um, Bryn also says though she had a date recently that she just left at a party, like just like full on, just like left and then like got home. And then like she, he texted her like, where are you? And then she was like, I got home and I, and I was like, oops, I left. Like, oops, you left. <laughs> just, oops, like, I stumbled in a taxi and oops, I. What, what's that song? I dip if the mood don't feel right. Oh, have I've never heard, heard that. I, I'm sure you have. I'll play it for you later. Maybe. Yeah, I'm not good with titles, but no, it's like, that is like, I mean, good on you. Cause it's like, I'm resonating with you in terms of, from an anxiety perspective, like, like, you know, like a perspective of like, God, I need to like detach and like get out of here and just like, you know, oh, I won't say goodbye. I'll just, you know, I can resonate with that at least. Um, Bryn talks to her confessional, like I'm old, I'm tired. I don't want to date anymore. I don't want to be like, when am I going to meet your parents? When's the first time we can poop in front of each other? I just don't want to do any of that. <laughs> she just wants to be there already. Yeah, she just wants to go, hi, my name is Bryn. We have been married for five years. Yeah. And Our first kid's on the way. Have fun. <laughs> Everything's set. Um, we then go back to Aaron, who's trying on all these, like, sort of, that, I'm sorry, that diamond mesh glove that was $600,000. It didn't even look good. It didn't even look like it was that encrusted. Like, it, it looked like a freaking um, chain link fence on her hand. No. It was bad. And then that tiny little purse that you can fit maybe a credit card in. Yeah. It's like, why? What is the point? Like, I don't understand. Like, there is a, a certain level of, like, a opulence that has diminishing returns. Right. 
Like, I can get the same look and feel from rhinestones and feel a lot more glamorous because I have a lot more money to spend on things when I'm out and having an experience. Whereas if I have that, wow, that's a mortgage. Well, yeah, she literally um, says that's... like, she literally is like, that's a down payment on a house. Like, it's like, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, and it's like, cool. I guess it's cool with like, because uh, Uba's like get using her connections to allow her to kind of like rent these essentially. I also love how she says that's a down payment on a house when they're literally $200,000 earrings that she's talking sure. about. That's a down payment on a $2 million plus dollar house. Maybe in the up and coming Tribeca. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm looking at a house with severe, like, severely less numbers of uh, like those earrings are more expensive than houses we can afford. Right. Je- <laughs> like I don't understand. Jessel asked Bryn if you know, Hey, did you read Aaron's like party invite that she sent us? And Bryn goes, is there like a penis on it? Like what? <laughs> but she's like, no, it's just all these sponsors. And like Bryn's like, I don't recognize literally any of them. And then Bryn also says that it looks like a Coachella poster, but it goes, I mean, to each their own, they're the ones with the house in the Hamptons, not me. So, but yes. And, and I didn't, under, I mean, yes, go, do your sponsors, but you're get that many sponsors to fund this event and you couldn't cater. Right. Spoiler alert. But like. Also, do any of those sponsors want to sponsor our podcast? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh God. But no, like, like. I could, I could, we'll get to it later, but like I could give Aaron a pass in the Hamptons. Right. With the like caviar, but we're going to go out to eat later. And you know, like maybe the, it wasn't the most food possible, but like, you know, still this, there was no excuse. I did not understand the lack of food at this party. Like it's from all accounts, there was a plate of pigs in a blanket that went around the entire party. Yeah. And that was it. It doesn't make any sense to me. It's like, I don't know how that doesn't factor in your brain. Like, it's not like, and it, yeah. Okay. It's, it's a lot. Um, I, Uba then tells Aaron, like, you know, you know, I feel like you were a really good friend showing up to Jessel's event. And Aaron's like, yeah, I just basically want to move forward. And I, you know, and I didn't also want to, like, you know, lean credence to the idea that, like, she said, like, you know, I'm not a woman that supports women or whatever. Uh, and, like, it's like, how can you also say that when you called us, like, old hags? Like, how does that make any sense? Which, like, yeah, like, I mean, this whole fight is stupid. Uh huh. <laughs> I don't know why I'm like, like, uh, like, it is dumb, but like, you know. I prefer dumb fights. Yeah, I do love, I do love a good dumb fight on Housewives. Um, Bryn asked Jessel <laughs> if she apologized to Aaron for the cackling hags comment. And Jessel's like, you know, the apology I gave her at the event, I feel like was kind of like an all inclusive apology. <laughs> and Bryn's like, are you serious? Like, is it like a buffet? Like, like, <laughs> but I get what, Je- I actually get what Jessel meant. She was like, I was kind of like Jessel, when you watch it, like she was apologizing just for everything, like leading up. Yeah. And that's, you know, I, I, I actually don't think she needed to do like a separate thing. Um, Jessel, but then Jessel's like, you know, at the end of the day, Aaron has issues with everyone. And she literally lists off like Jenna, um, sigh, uh, you, me now. It's like there's a common denominator here. <laughs> Maybe it's Aaron, <laughs> which I see. You know, I, they, I forgot who said it early in the season, but it was like Aaron definitely has the vibe of a person who can like have an issue with anyone. And like, that's fair. And yeah, but over something s- 
small. Not yeah. not to where it gets blown up into a ridiculous way necessarily, but yeah. like she she's very sensitive in that regard. Um, we go over to Jenna's house uh, and she's with Brandon again. And she talks a little bit about how she started working in interior design since starting since she left J. Crew, and sort of like um, making that sort of like her passion project. And she mm-hmm. has redone like a brownstone, and it got like more attention than like most of the stuff that she was working. She felt so it's like I'm doing a good enough job. And then so she's on a call for uh, a job with um, Emily Hampshire from Shit's Creek fame actress. Oh, love her. Who, I, yeah, I, I've, I was like, oh, shit. And apparently they dated for a minute. She was like, we, someone hooked us up at, on like, for like a dating thing, but it didn't work. We didn't have that yeah. chemistry, but we became friends. But like, how glamorous would that be? Oh, yeah. That, they would be the, the perfect lesbian couple. Like, I need, I need her to be a friend of next season. Oh, yeah. You know she would do it. Oh, yeah. And it would, oh, I, I love, I don't know if our lovely listeners know, we are avid Schitt's Creek fans. Like, it just. We're those gays. (laughs) I have all, like, the series ended, like, three seconds ago, and I've already rewatched it twice. Yeah. After watching it when it was coming out. So it was, it's a lovely series. I love it. If you haven't seen it, go see it. Um, but she basically but, uh, had recently bought a cottage outside of Toronto, and mm-hmm. so she's Jenna's helping her with the furnishings and 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 all the design elements. Have we had regard. a Toronto Housewives? Yes, it's on maybe not Toronto, but definitely Canada. Like Was a, it Vancouver? Maybe, maybe Vancouver. I, it's on one of the like spinoff Bravo um, like international channels. Mm. Um, I don't know why they wouldn't bother to put that on like Bravo because it's it. Toronto's right there. Yeah, it's like, come on. I, I, I a think, lot of Americans live in Toronto. I know it's different that it's produced by Bravo, but now that we have, like, Dubai, it's like, can we get some of the... Because inter- I hear some of the international ones are really good. Yeah. <laughs> like, I hear great things about Melbourne, um, and, and I've seen, like, memes and stuff like that from it to where it's like, I... Yeah. But I don't want to task you with another housewife show, because... <laughs> I would like to also let our lovely listeners know that this man got me to watch Housewives after I told him I did not want to watch any Housewives. Mm-hmm. I wasn't interested. He, I think we started with... We started with Roni. With Roni. And then after we got like a season into Roni, you were like, oh, well, like, we really, if we're going to watch Roni, you also have to watch this one. And then he kept doing that until <laughs> we were watching all of them. And yet, I still can't get this man to sit down for two hours to watch a goddamn movie with me. Uh, here's the thing, like I, but I wa- didn't. I sit and watch the whole Twisted Metal series. Yes, but you wanted to watch that. Okay, well, yes, but anyways, I uh, didn't want to watch Housewives, and I watched it for you. Now I love it, and I'm happy I did. But that does not change the fact that this started as a sacrifice. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm willing to take that on. Um. <laughs> and also, uh, Jenna or Emily is wearing Jenna's uh, eyelashes from her company Love Scene as well. And, and mm-hmm. Jenna's kind of talked about this as well, um, sort of like the reason why she wanted um, to develop lashes and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was it was kind of a little like product pricing, <laughs> but it was like I didn't mind it because Emily and Jenna are both great. So, yeah, yeah it works. Um, Aaron and Abe go out on their anniversary dinner. Um, they're 12 years together, 10 years married. Um, that's. I'm sorry. 
So y'all went on an anniversary dinner and then made all of us sit through an anniversary event. Y'all got to eat. Y'all got, y'all to, got eat. to eat and didn't let nobody else eat because y'all already had dinner. Y'all got to eat those lobster dumplings or whatever they were. And With like, the penguin in the background. Oh, can we talk <laughs> about the penguin? There's an entire ass stuffed penguin at the booth behind her husband's yeah. shoulder. Yeah. And it's just like... And not not to, not displayed like it's not like a display for the rest. Like, it's, it's sitting in the booth. It's having dinner with a man. And I, it's just the the penguin and the man. It, there's no one else at that table. Yeah, and it's like why? What did did Bravo just not see it? Was it like the you know remember the Starbucks coffee cup in uh, Game of Thrones? That yes, got, it was very that vibe where it's like, did we not notice what's happening right now? But it's like a life size penguin. Yeah, sitting in the booth. I really couldn't pay attention to anything that they were saying about their relationship. I took like barely any notes about it because like I just could not stop focusing on this penguin. <laughs> um, they talk, but uh, the one thing I didn't know, so they talk about like the party and how they have to organize everything. Abe specifically says like, you know, you know, friends and family, like, you know, there a lot of them are wanting to speak, but we may need to limit their speeches. And Aaron's like, yeah, like no more than like two minutes. That apparently did not happen. So you just didn't. Do you have like no backbone to like tell them like no like to like because yeah it, it when when we get to the party we'll talk. Y'all should have got those people from the Oscars to come over there and just play people off. I it was too much. It was but it's also it's not a wedding. It's right. not a wedding. It's an anniversary event. Why is anyone getting mic time but y'all? I don't get it. Um, Aaron talks about the importance of them kind of being friends first in the relationship. And is like, like if we weren't married, like, I think we would end up still being friends. And Abe goes, I couldn't be friends with you now that I fucked you. Like as a joke, but I was like, I don't, is this a straight people thing? It must be a straight people thing. Cause if gay people did that, if gay people cut off all their exes, we would not have any gay friends. Oh yeah. The, the, the roster would be like, <laughs> like non-existent. Like once upon a time, like just before Amen, I was a hoe, <laughs> and I was getting it. Yeah, um, I just I I would have no gay friends if I just stopped talking to all the people I fucked. Right, like I just I couldn't I can't do that. Uh, there's so uh like he like so Abe orders like this like what Aaron calls like a fruity Mexican drink, which I was like, oh god, uh, <laughs> you are getting hit for your uh, political donations. Like let's not. <laughs> It's not delving into that realm. Um, but in, it, it was innocuous. So he orders then like a Don Julio on the rocks. And, and the waitress is like, do you want like little rocks or do you want like a big rock? He's like, I want a big rock. And Aaron goes, I want a big rock too. And then Abe then decides, oh, really? And then pulls out a fucking diamond ring for her. Which if that was good, that was good coordination with the waitress if that's what was happening. Yes, but that is not where I saw that conversation going because I am filthy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean that that's our brains at the end of the day. Like, but I you know, I um they seem sweet and nice. I just <laughs> I'm still not over the penguin. Like 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 I, I don't know how we don't just talk Why to, is there a penguin? I need <sighs> I need a dissertation on the penguin. Um we then go oh my god, this scene. We then go to Jessel at her home and she calls Pavit from the other room to be like, Hey, can you come in and help me with these like school applications and that? She literally, she's like, did you get like the email for, uh, you know, the applications? And she, he's like, yeah, I got it. She's like, well, can you like send it to me? 
Like, I don't think you understand the urgency of all this. Like, we have, like, two weeks. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, you, you hit it squarely, the nail squarely on the head. She hates this man. She does not like Pavit. And I don't think Pavit likes her. I don't blame him, though. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I'm team. But I probably don't blame her really either if he's, like, that inept at yeah. things. But, like, holy shit, this is a bad pairing. Like, I mean, it's entertaining for us. Oh, it's but great. It's great television. But, like, Jesus Christ, they hate each other. It's so fucking funny. Jessel's like, we've narrowed down. In her confessional studios, we narrowed down the two schools. I mean, I narrowed it down. Poppet's been sitting on his ass fiddling with his balls. (laughs) Jesus Christ. The balls that he has left that you've just completely like chopped off at this point. It's like there's it's too much. It's 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 perfect, but it's too much. Jessel is admiring this one school because it's international. She's like they have, you know, school, you know, they have um, what what is a, a what is a satellite schools? Yeah, sure. In like Brazil and like San Paulo or whatever. And Pavit literally goes, well, all we care about is New York. It's where we live. <laughs> but he's right. Jessica goes, no, I get that. But like, and she goes like, oh, <laughs> like, 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 stop. Like, like they, who, who gives a shit about the international campuses? Like, I don't. But they teach them like languages. Like our children can, can learn to speak Mandarin, Pavit. And Pavit goes, they can barely speak English right now. <laughs> And I and Jessel goes, they do speak English. What are you talking about? And it, to me, that was like, I was like, Jessel feels like the parent that like goes around to like other parents and be like, yes, he's one, and he already you know, <laughs> you know, can read Shakespeare uh-huh. and like, like you know, can you know, uh, he's a black belt in Krav Maga. <laughs> like I don't like, come on. It's so clear what's happening. Uh, and then Jessel shows him the price tag, and he goes, "Are you crazy? Sixty two thousand dollars." For what? Coloring? <laughs> and she's like, look, you get an iPad and an Apple Mac if you join this school. And Pavit's like, great, we're paying $62,000 for an iPod and an Apple Mac. Or an iPad. But, like, <laughs> I don't see why he's wrong. <laughs> he's completely right on this. Like, like, I literally paid less for the school that I graduated from. And I also got a Mac from that school. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't understand. Yeah. Just was like, you know, you don't, you just don't understand Pavit. Like you need to invest now. Tom Cruise sent his kids here. You can be rubbing shoulders with that. And that's the thing. It's like, Pavit doesn't give a shit. <laughs> like, like, who fucking cares? It's, also, do you really want to be rubbing shoulders with Scientologists? Well, <laughs> uh, are you telling on yourself? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I mean, like, but like, Pavit is just like, there is sort of a status. You, I do get this vibe of Jessel that she cares a lot about status. She says that New York. Oh, is yeah. Like, going to a school in New York is big on status. She explicitly says it. And it's like, I mean, you, clearly you got enough popular like famous people in the fashion industry in your close circle i don't think you need more like you know and again it's also like i think i said it before it's like take some of the money for that you're devoting to a preschool and put it into a college fund but like holy shit can you imagine spending a the amount you would pay for a year at a private college on a preschool yeah. and doing that for every year through when they graduate high school and then still paying for college. Holy shit. Yeah. 
It's like it, and just but just to solely rub shoulders with Tom Cruise or or just celebrities and to general. get a Mac. Don't forget the Mac. Don't That's very Mac. important. But like to rub, sh- it's like you can pay to get into parties and do that. I can buy my own Mac. Yeah, like, for a lot cheaper. I yeah. I just I don't understand. Jessel's like, oh wait, they're asking for like boards and organizations. Are you part of anything? I mean, except for like the fried chicken committee. And then Pavit <laughs> Pavit dead serious goes. It's the Street Food Association of New York City. He was so mad at that. He was very mad that he called. She called it the Fried Chicken Committee. It's like it's the one thing I have. And why are you downplaying it? Poor Pavit. I I I feel so bad for him. Um, Jessel then starts to like because they're like you have to write like your your thoughts on your children or whatever in this like thing. And she's like she shit. It's a long thing about like Rio is blah 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 blah. And, and is socially inept. And Pavit's like, wait, is I think socially inept is a bad thing. What are you doing? It's like, you're the English major. Like, what are you, like? Yeah, you meant socially adept. Oh, God. that I can watch their, these scenes all day. They're yeah. so fucking funny. Like, Jessel is like comedy gold. Oh, yeah. And Pavit gives it right back. Oh, yeah. It, there's a good sort of, like, negging between both of them in, in, in a way that, like, really works. Um, we go over to size brownstone and her son is coloring and like making marks on the cop on the car- white carpet. And she's just like, Oh my God, like, like I'm freaking out about it. Um, Cy ends up talking to David about the whole Jessel and Aaron issues. And Cy's like, I just don't understand why, you know, Jessel is so offended by being called pampered and all this stuff. And David's like, I, I love that. This is really the second time David has told her this. Like she literally just gave birth to twins and like is getting back like if she's juggling all these things i wouldn't if someone called me that and i was do juggling all those things it would annoy the fuck out of me yeah and yeah. and so I was like david you're so right <laughs> like they talk about how like you know david says like i find it funny that the ladies come to you to discuss feelings you have many strong suits but a counselor is not one of those uh maybe it's because there are no feelings coming back yeah. Maybe it's just because I could scream into the void and the void has a face. Maybe. <laughs> but Cy, it, but I do like that Cy like doesn't like Cy cops that is like, yeah, I, I'm a hard ass. And I, you know, she says that because of her upbringing and stuff like that. I don't really like, I don't really listen to people in terms of their feelings and stuff yeah. like that. So, you know, David kind of has a point there. And she talks about, again, like how David kind of helps her see the light in certain situations that she wouldn't normally see. Um, I like Cy. I think she's like, again, I, I feel like not many people were online at the end of this episode, but I was her team this episode in terms of everything that happened at the party. A lot of people have been saying that Sai is going to be the first out from this group. I don't see that. I don't see that either. I see Jenna leaving over over Sai. Right, just out of... Just out of she can't find someone who will be in this light. You know, like, already she's a public figure, and then she's not able to keep a girlfriend who will be willing to stand next to her on this show. Right. Like I get how dating can be difficult on a show like this. Yeah. And we, and we'll touch on that in a little bit. Um, everyone's getting ready for Aaron's uh, party. Jenna's trying on clothes with her goddaughter and like, is like, she has like the open suit jacket that she loves to do, but her tits are just full out. And she's like, Oh, nope. (laughs) Like, I don't see why you can't just put some double-sided tape on there. Just like, Keep it from opening any more than that. And sure. that's fine. Like, well, I think she normally does like the mesh shirts underneath. Yeah, which but is, still, that's not going to cover the nipple. Yeah, there's that. 
Um, Jessel is getting her hair done and she's like, Pavit, can you show me your outfit? I know that you did your shopping on your own and I always get nervous when you do that. <laughs> Basically, and Jessel talks a little bit how she's like, and she talked a little bit previously about how she kind of had to sort of train Pavit in certain ways in terms of like style and things like that. And he, she talks about how she's created a monster. Nowadays, he blow dries his hair. He gets his eyebrows done. I made him stop that stop because I had to say like, why are your eyebrows thinner than mine? And now he looks like Zoolander. <laughs> but I still think like he like he doesn't care. Like, at the, you know, yeah, I mean, but he's not like an idiot. Like he's not like a he's not like the town fool or whatever. <laughs> Just like, you know, right. Bumbling around, like not knowing what to do. It's, you know, which is I kind of think how she sees him. Yeah, she does. She definitely like. She's an alpha, to put it mildly. She sees him as the housewife. Yes, very that. I can see that. Um, Uba calls Aaron and to tell her that she tested positive for COVID, um, so she can't come to the party. Damn COVID! Like I'm good on you guys for still like testing as rigorously as you do, but like every franchise now, someone's out for COVID at yep. some point. Like you know, um, uh, she didn't. But Uba does joke that you know. You know, I had gotten my dress ready. I got my makeup done. You know, I ate because I wasn't sure if you were going to feed us. <laughs> and then I noticed that I couldn't taste the food. So then I... That was my clue. <laughs> uh, they arrive at the party. It's a, it's a really beautiful venue, I will say. Like, she said something about how it used to be like an old bank. bank mm-hmm. And like, it's, a, it's really... I mean, we'll get to it later. Like, it's really spacious to where, like, I think... I wish Aaron had a better idea of what she wanted out of the event in terms of like format, (laughs) but like in terms of like setting, it's great. Yeah. I mean, we've seen a more successful event happen in a bank on real housewives of Miami. Right. 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 That was a wonderful event. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nicole's Dr. Nicole's like blew her out of the water. (laughs) Sorry. I, I love Dr. Nicole so much. Um, Aaron says hi to uh, her father and her father's friend, as it's noted on the <laughs> lower third. Uh, Were there quotations yeah. on that? <laughs> and Aaron, Shady editors. And just like, dad has a girlfriend? Great. At least she's of age. <laughs> so it seems like another one of those, like... Which is another thing echoed from Miami. There we go. <laughs> Same episode. Same Dr. Nicole. Um, she literally... So be, with the jewelry that she rented that, like, Uba got... They literally have a security person to like give her the jewelry in the box and yeah. then just be around so it doesn't get stolen. <laughs> yeah, that's standard. Which like at that point I wouldn't want it. Like not for an event. Like I get like maybe depending on like if I'm not interacting with people. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm like speaking at something and whatever, I can understand that. But it's like I don't want to be followed around by this like giant burly dude who's like I mean, he doesn't, like, follow her around. We don't see him again ever throughout the whole rest of the show. Sure. But I would be so... And also, I would be so self-conscious. Like, for me, like, I, I'm i the person who, like, triple checks doors to make sure they're locked. And, like, always it's like, you know me, I'm the worst. Where I'm just like, did you bring that? Did you uh-huh. make sure to bring... Like, to me, I would be, like, doing that to such a degree that I would, that I would eventually lose them. Well, yeah, because it's literally, like almost a million dollars worth of jewels that she's wearing. Yeah. It's, it's, and it's not even pretty jewels. It's diamonds. They're cute, but it's not like, they weren't like, wow. Like, like I could like her dress. Well, the earrings were fine. They were kind of eighties. 
I wish she would have wore something simpler with it. And I also didn't really like her dress. Um, the side boob was a little off. Like yeah. it wasn't fitted enough to yeah. where like it was, you know, mm-hmm. uh, where it was carefully yeah. placed. But I, I do prefer more like, I don't really prefer diamonds. Like if I'm going to go jewelry, I want like a sapphire or like a, a ruby, ruby or an emerald, something with color, something with vibrance. Yeah. I don't like you know, clear. What? <laughs> Clear? Clear really? is boring. Clear is boring. At least give me topaz. Come on. <laughs> uh, Bryn shows up in sunglasses, high off her ass. Oh, yeah. So, like, three sheets to the wind. She's, like, she's basically, like, my eyes are bloodshot. You know, I'm keeping the glasses on. <laughs> Sorry. At nine o'clock at night inside <laughs> she tries to say hi to aaron's like young son levi and he like runs off and brings like is it because i look like the stepmom from parent trap <laughs> <laughs> which like i missed that she's already starting with the with the jokes which we'll get to because that comes i think it's going to become like a big plot point um Bryn tells aaron like i have to meet your dad is that your dad over there and aaron's like don't hit on my dad tonight <laughs> and aaron's like i'm a, or Bryn's like i'm a hundred percent hitting on your dad <laughs> That's definitely happening. <laughs> and then does it? Well, does it? But then her brother, Aaron's brother then comes in and then Bryn starts to hit on him. And Aaron's like, oh, for fuck's sake. Like, like you know, Aaron kind of plays it off well enough at this point. Um, Pavit at one point is talking to Aaron's dad and, and, they're like, and he's like, more kids, you know, whatever. And, she, and Pavit's like, no, 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 no. We're two and done. Like, we're, whatever. And then Jessel basically is like, you know, we have more embryos. I still have a girl. You know, I'm wanting, you know, Pobbit may not know it, but like, we're getting a girl. Like, <laughs> she's just like, I'm not even having the conversation with him. We're having another girl. That's, to me, that's not okay. When you're married in a, like a relationship like that, that's not okay. Sure. Like, I get that. Yes. Like when it comes to. Am I going to abort this child because it's not safe or not something that I want my body to go through? Absolutely should be a woman's choice. But whether to implant an embryo and have a child, well, that, a, like, no. Now that I think about it, that is kind of a tricky thing with, like, in vitro. Because I'm sure when if you have, like, that many embryos, like, your incentive is to, like, well, I have them. I mean, how many times have we heard on Housewives, like, I have these. Right. I want to use them. We see it with Kenya and Atlanta. Like, right. You know. I think, but a lot of people donate them when they're done. If they're true. done having kids, they might donate that to somebody who can't have their own kids, who can't make their own eggs, who all of those who things. have just trouble with the process. Right. So yeah, um, Bryn is like eating uh, pigs in a blanket. And she's like, "There's a lot of wieners in this place. Put them in my mouth." <laughs> uh, Jenna then arrives, and and. Aaron's like talking to a group of people as like Jenna arrives, and Jenna keeps trying to grab Aaron's butt to like get her attention. And it, she's like, if it's like, not even trying, she's like full palming her ass and, and no reaction. And Jenna's like, I felt like it went on for like 45 minutes. <laughs> He's like, oh, that's awkward. Jenna talks to Abe about like, well, then why? Like, I don't, I still don't understand. Like, why didn't you do vows at your wedding? And Abe's like, you know, we were young and we weren't ready. And Jenna's like, you weren't ready to write vows, but you were ready to commit to each other in marriage. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, <laughs> like that absolutely makes no sense. It's like tells us right to Abe's face, which even I still am like, I still don't understand why you didn't do vows. Yeah. It's like, I mean, cool if you, I, I, if some people don't do them and that's fine. Like it's a, you know, people have their wedding how they want to have it. Unless you got like eloped. 
Like, and that that's why you want to. But have even it. then, like, why? I don't. I would see it the other way. You would be willing to write vows and commit yourself to each other in a more social way, but right. without the contract, because that's the binding thing, yeah. right? So why are you having commitment issues when it comes to flowery, flowery words on a paper? Who gives a shit about flowery words at the end of the day? Right. What matters is that you went into a binding contract that if you want out of is going to be thousands of dollars in lawyer fees. Right. Like all of this stuff. Like, what? Yeah. Why is that? Uh, that's so backwards. Sai arrives and Sai talks to Aaron. Like, yeah, David couldn't make it. Like, our babysitter basically bailed, so he has to be with the kids. And then Sai straight up tells Aaron, I mean, David didn't really want, didn't really care, though. He's like, I'm fine staying home. I didn't want to come. <laughs> like, wow. Wow. Sai has no filter. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, it's crazy. Bryn is starting to get bored and just is like audibly like, I'm really bored right now. And her confessional, she goes, how do I like to entertain myself? Bitching. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> yeah. Um, high, horny, hungry um, Bryn is not something you want unleashed on this party. No. Yeah. It's like when you've, um, it, it's, well, I was going to say it's like when you feed like a bear cocaine, but there's a movie about that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> not the same thing, probably. Um, we do get although a, not dissimilar with her wearing that fur. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that was such a look. I, can we? I didn't talk talk enough about it. The the fur with the sunglasses, and it was she was just like in her own world. Can I just realized what her hair reminds me of? Okay, Abfab. Yes, she would. She gives. Yeah, she would be a great character in Abfab. Uh, uh yes she's that, just perfection mm, yeah i totally see that um we get a meredith mark sighting uh and brooks right i forgot about that brooks is there as well um excited for salt lake coming back um I i'm actually, fine <laughs> i'm actually excited and i and i wasn't excited at the end of last season i don't think we're gonna miss jen shaw at all i don't think we are either but like and i wonder if her being gone is gonna help i hope so I hope that it gives some lightness um, back to it without that, like, shadow hanging over it. Yeah. But, like, I also know that all of the stormy weather shit is going to be hitting the fan yeah. here at the beginning of this season. But also, I'm, I'm really excited Mary's back. And, yeah. and as much as I'm like, God, you're problematic, but God, you're funny. Good TV. Like, it's almost like you can't be good TV without being a little problematic. Mm -hmm. Do you really think I'm inbred? I do. What was the thing she says in the, in the trailer that was very much along the lines of the little girl? Oh, the bobblehead. <laughs> yes. Her just coming at Whitney. This I'm I I I need someone to come at Whitney hard, and Mary's the one to do it. Yeah, because Heather's not going to. No. Um, anyway, back to New York. <laughs> so Abe then says hi to Bryn and Jessel, and Bryn immediately goes, "Now, once you're ready to get the divorce, I'm single." <laughs> It's like, we'll just do a swap, right? And Abe's jokes like, why swapping happens at like the twentieth year anniversary? Like, kind of like joking it off. And Bryn goes, "I'm patient." Um, like girl, here's the thing. So about this whole, like, cause this now becomes the big pop point of the season of Bryn 
basically hitting on Aaron's husband. Um, I don't, I, I think it's completely innocent what Brynn is doing. I don't think she has any negative intentions. I don't think it's like malicious or like right. in any way. However, I do feel bad for Abe because right. I do think it puts him in a bad position where he can't joke too much along with it because he then gets looked at as, well, then what is he doing? Like, right. like if he, if he like, would have played along, the housewives editing would have been like, right. what is up with Abe? Right. And if she was sober, I would have said this is incredibly inappropriate. And I still think it's incredibly inappropriate, even though I do believe she meant it in an innocent way. Yeah. But I can at least understand with her being high out of her mind why she may have thought it would be okay. Right, right, right. Like, um, so, like, yes, like you're saying, I do think it put Abe in a really awkward position, um, and I do think it was inappropriate, but I don't think it's enough for it to be the drama for the rest of the season. No, and it seems like Abe's going to take that bone to Aaron, and Aaron is going to completely just, like... See red? Yeah. Um, you know, she, Abe is... And you can tell Abe is also trying to reroute the, the, the discussion. He goes, like, I mean, I think we're going to about do our vows now, like, to try to, like, end it to leave. And then Bryn goes, so wait, because you didn't say vows, technically you're not married. And then Abe goes, no, there's a contract. Like, good on him, though, for, like, deftly dodging every single one of those advances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, and Bryn goes, if someone knows how to get a contract, Abe, come on. And then Bryn goes, whatever you do, don't mess up and say, I take, I, Abe, take you, Bryn. Just don't do that. Which is a reference to friends. And Bryn right. clarified that on her Instagram. Yeah. But it's, yeah. Uh, what if he fucked it up? <laughs> like, what if, what if he genuinely <laughs> fucked it up from that conversation? Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I would have died. Um, Bryn goes, it's not you I'm interested in, actually. It's Aaron's dad, because then I can be her stepmom. <laughs> and Abe's like, you would make a great evil stepmother, actually. <laughs> and then she gets the glasses back on and does, like, her, like, put the jacket on. And Bryn's like, you know, at the end of the day, I, I would do it because, and I would tell Aaron, like, you cannot call me Bryn anymore. You have to call me mom. Sai <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, uh, asked Jenna, because they're, like, admiring, Sai, Jenna, and Jessel were talking at one point, and they're admiring some, like, guy that's, like, uh, mm -hmm. over there. And Sai then asked Jenna, like, would you ever sleep with, like, a man again? And Jenna's like, yeah, I mean, like, if it's the right one. You were, like, were, I was like, oh, I thought she was, like, full-on, like. No, I thought she was a lesbian. Um, but, I mean, she might be pan or, like, mostly lesbian. Yeah. It's a, it's a She also could be homoerotic. Like, I feel like she probably. in. Wait, no. What am I thinking? <laughs> what, what? There's a word. Homoromantic is what I meant. Damn it. <laughs> no, not homoerotic. Homo homoerotic. <laughs> Scratch that. Reverse it. I meant homoromantic. Like, because the, yeah. the idea of like having like the difference between sexuality and romantic like right. vibes. I think she would have sex with a man just from like she did. She wouldn't. She would just view it as like, okay, you're getting me off. Like, it's not right. like I'm emotionally connected to you in any way. Right. As she would with a woman. Right. It could be. Who knows? Sexuality's like wibbly wobbly, timey wimey bullshit. Yeah. Like, who cares? And yeah, really. Fuck who you want. <laughs> Just fuck. As long as they also want to fuck. That <laughs> there's, there's two rules, and that and those are it. <laughs> well, the third one is as long as they can decide that they want to fuck you. That uh, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of rules actually. Ignore what I said. <laughs> 
Um, Jessel goes, are we making moves? And Jenna goes, I mean, I'm single, so I'm making moves. And then we find out that um, her and her girlfriend that she had been talking about previously had broke up like the past couple weeks. Um, Jenna says that it lasted about like a year and a half, but it wasn't really consistent and that there were signs. Um, Jenna, because they're like, is it because like, you know, she wanted to be more open? And she's like, no, the opposite. I actually wanted to be more open with the relationship. And she was like, no, that's a deal breaker. Like, which you know. to me indicates, and Jenna has talked about it since, yeah. that, you know, she didn't want to be on the show. Really, it came down to being on the show. Right. But it's like, again, she's a public figure. She's going to be in the public eye. So you have to kind of be okay with that. Yeah. You have to be okay with being on this show. You have to be okay with joining her on red carpets. You have to be okay with all of these things like she can't just stop her life to date somebody who doesn't want to be in the public eye. That's right. who you're dating. That's and I think, part of it. I think it seemed like the issues existed even before the show. Like, I, cause it, to me, like if you're together for a year and a half and we don't know who you are, right. Even, even though being on housewives elevates you to a higher level. Like if we didn't know who Jenna Lyons' girlfriend was beforehand, like it probably right. was longstanding stuff. Because we already knew who Jenna Lyons was. Like I didn't know who any of these other girls were, but I knew who the fuck Jenna Lyons was. Yeah. Like so, we would know the name of her girlfriend. And and it actually kind of we were talk we were just talking about like you know whether Jenna would be the one to leave for whatever reason. It makes me think that maybe she could stay on because like if the girlfriend was the one that was like keeping her from showing i i don't know if jenna is afraid to show stuff i think she probably wants to actually yes but i can see how if she was with the right person how she would choose that person over, over the, the show. show yeah or if she is just unlucky over and over and over again with people who don't want to be in the public eye how she might get frustrated and leave the show in order to be able to facilitate a deeper relationship. Right. Um, Sai's like, you know, you can come over to the house and you can bring your son and we can, you know, you know, get together. Cause Sai's like, you know, I'm really happy Jenna's like opening up now. And, you know, I want Jenna to be like, have my shoulder to lean on in this moment. Cause I want to be there for her, which I thought was sweet. Yeah. And I, and I like that. Jenna uh, or Jessel then asked Jenna, <laughs> Do you want to do a threesome with me and Pavit? <laughs> Just out of nowhere. And then Jenna's like, if you guys haven't had sex in a year and a half, I don't think I should be your entry point. So no. <laughs> also, you clearly hate your husband. So Yeah. I mean, I someone wanna... needs someone needs to love him, I guess. But uh, Yeah. Um, people start then doing their speeches. Okay. And they're all sitting like the girls are by the bar area, but they're all like in this like semicircle watching everyone do their speeches. And Jenna literally goes, guys, he has like four pages in his hand. The first person has like four pages of notes. And they're like, oh, fuck no. <laughs> I would have left. And then it just goes to like speaker number two and then speaker number three. Jessel was like showing Bryn dresses on her phone. <laughs> they're not paying attention whatsoever. Who would? I don't think anybody in the audience was paying. I don't think Aaron was honestly paying attention to these no. people talking. It's an anniversary event. It's not a wedding. What is the point of these speeches? Even at a wedding, I'm a cut your drunk ass off. Like, I'm sure. not. We're not doing that shit. Bring goes, they're amazing. They're in love. They're hot. They're rich. Let's just keep drinking. Like, fuck. Side <laughs> so literally asked, like, so where, when does Nobu close? Because <laughs> <Can we, laughs> I might make a run for it. 
Um, they're on like the fifth fucking speaker. And like, so then Aaron's sister, Kelly, then walks up to them and they're like, hi, hi. And she's like, um, I just want to tell you, um, it's a little rude. We're at her engagement and you guys are like arguing. They're like, we're not arguing. We're just talking. And also like, it's not her engagement. It's her anniversary. Yeah. It's like chit chatting, whatever. And then Bryn goes, are you going to go around and tell each of the others that, cause you know, everyone's talking like there's audible chatter. And I, I don't even think they were that loud. Like Tim, Tim, they, they may have not been paying the most attention, but we were, I, we were really only hearing what they were saying. Cause they were mic'd. I feel right. And like, clearly there's going to be like a visual draw because they have lights and stuff and the cameras and all of that. So, like, clearly they stick out a little bit more. But, like, get the fuck over it. Yeah. You just wanted camera time. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Like, it, I, like seriously. Cyan or Confessor was like, maybe Kelly should be telling the ones with the mic to, to be quiet. And they cut to the fifth speaker. And if you pay close attention, he literally says something about, like, so there was this time that I got arrested with a fake ID. I'm like, oh, my fucking God. I would be so annoyed. <laughs> it's like, we don't need everyone's life story. Jesus H. Christ. Like, I would, be, I would be pulling my fucking hair out, combined with the fact that you don't have any food. Cy literally is like, I literally, I'm a pescatarian. I can't eat anything here. The little that is here, there's just fucking pigs in a blanket. Like, I'm starving. <laughs> And I'm having to listen to... And we're not even on the vows. Meanwhile, Uba's probably at home with a giant plate of food. Oh, like. you know it. <laughs> um, Aaron... <laughs> then Aaron's mother then comes over to them to say, like, hi. And Bryn goes, sorry, we just got in trouble. We can't talk. We can't talk. <laughs> That's so me. I would so be, like, that petty bitch in that moment. Like, oh, I'm so sorry. No, Really, you should be quiet and listen to the speakers. We were just, I'm, yeah, we were just chewed out for that. So, like, you might want to just shut the fuck up before your daughter yells at you. Yeah. No, no, not Aaron, the other hoe. The other one. <laughs> Aaron starts her vows. They, start, they finally start the vows. And, like, she, she starts it, and then, like, I feel like she says, someone says something, but she, like, shushes, like, the, like God, people are so loud or whatever. I, okay. <laughs> um. There was nothing really memorable about the vows. I'm sorry. That sounds mean. Oh, other the, than the fact that Abe says something about being able to physically please her. Oh, he says, I will continue to keep you satisfied emotionally and definitely physically for like a laugh line. And they cut to Pavit's face, which is like. It's so shady. Pavit's like, what's that like? <laughs> also, Abe is just like, his, his vows are just like Grateful Dead lyrics. Like, he's like, I love the dead. So I'm just like, I'm like, this is the worst part. <laughs> Sorry. Like this is, these, these this is every nightmare of a wedding. These anything. speeches had to be like an hour. It, uh, it's, it's, I, I, I could not. They could have left and gone to Nobu. Yeah. Uh, they all start dancing. Sai's like, I want sushi. Um, Sai tells Jenna, like, I'm, I'm thinking of just leaving, going to Nobu. And as she's saying this, there's a guest who, like, is, like, has their back to them. And her hair gets onto one of the candles and fully catches fire. <laughs> and like, and for a while. Like, oh, yeah. It, it's like, it's burning for a while. And it gets like up to, and like, she's like, oh my God, like, fuck. <laughs> like, so it's like, she's like, what? And I'm like, your hair is on fire. Like, like, she's like, that's my sign to duck out. I'm done. <laughs> it, it, was it Bryn that said, she's pretty. She'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> um, Sai's like, I'm leaving. 
She's like, Aaron won't even notice me now that I'm, you know, now that I'm gone. Aaron then comes out in her like second, like jangly, like um, sparkly look or whatever. Uh, immediately grabs the girls to do a photo booth, and she's like, "Where's Sai?" <laughs> Literally, can we talk about how this outfit looks like it would have been sold at Limited too? Very that. It's like it's a little, yeah, it's a little party city. It's early two thousands, like Limited Two, Wet Seal, Party City, like that sort of vibe. And you know, she spent like at least a couple grand on it. Yeah, and it's like this is stupid. This is dumb. But Aaron's pissed that Cy left. And she and I get her point where she, she, sort of, I get her point where she was like, you know, she could have at least said goodbye to me like she said that Jenna should have when she left my house in the Hamptons. And they show the flashback. That's different. It is. That's why, that's why I was like, I kind of understand. Because it is different. It, it's not the same thing. Also, I cannot imagine you expected Cy to stay there with the conditions. I'm sorry. Like, it's like. Like, this was like. This was like near torture. I almost wanted to get up and leave, and I could fast forward. Yeah, exactly. And we had food readily available. <laughs> oh god! But that was Roni for this week. Really good episode. The the ratings were up a little bit this week. Like which that's I'm, good. I'm glad that people are catching on to it. I still think it would benefit from moving to another night. Yeah. But um, we'll see how the rest of the season plays out. Yeah, but I'm hoping people have woken up and seen like, hey, maybe I should check this out. So, yeah, really good stuff. Uh, We're going to take a quick commercial break, and then when we come back, we're talking the newest episode of Real Housewives of Orange County. Don't go anywhere. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And And I'm the Riz. And, you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the Wrestling Man. That's right. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And if you're anything like us, you live your life out loud. And when it comes to issues of discrimination, inequity, and outright bigotry, we use every platform we have to speak out against systems of oppression that perpetrate violence against marginalized groups. That's why we are so proud to wear designs from the Survivors Know merch store. Their team has created designs that feature unapologetic, empowering, and survivor-centered messaging that range from mild, like accountability is love and toxicity is not on the menu, to a little more spicy, like one of my favorites, fuck your laws, fuck your system, transformative justice now, which has a cute little happy flower on it. Each design is available on a variety of items from t-shirts and hoodies to bags, blankets, magnets, and even stickers. And as more items become available, the options will continue to grow. 100% of the proceeds go back into supporting the amazing work done at Survivors Know to support survivors, workers, and survivor advocates by organizing, challenging the status quo, and creating alternatives to the systems that fail us. Support Survivors Know by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. Welcome back to A Gay and His Envy. Let's head on over to... 
Orange County, where we're dealing with all of the fallout from Tamara's little fires that she set and danced away from. She's barely, like, she didn't hear appears in this, in this episode, episode. She's in for, like, three minutes. She's here just to, like, shoot tequila at people out of super soakers and that's it yeah it's like but it really is i mean it kind of is her episode she literally started all of these fucking fires and it just and then took the week off but it's <laughs> it's a great fucking episode yeah like credit i mean credit to Tamara, executive producer um <laughs> but like it's it's really fucking good like yeah. this what i was like it hasn't it wasn't since like kind of since vanderpump that i was like this yeah. like invested in an episode in terms of like what the fuck was happening and trying to figure out what the fuck was happening. Yeah. Um, we start with a very dramatic cold open of Shannon's house. And it's just like, dun, 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 dun shot of Archie, uh, her dog, just like lying up, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and then it's just John and Shannon on the couch together and John going. So <laughs> what happened? It's like, Oh God. Oh, God. It's so overly dramatic. But it was like, I mean, Shannon's been spending three episodes being like, John is going to be so mad. He's going to be so mad. Blah, blah, blah. And then he's just fine. I mean, he's <laughs> he's stern. I will say that. Like, very just like, he's inv- he is invested to a certain extent. She's like, it felt like an ambush. Like, there was a feeding frenzy going on. You know, and we just see the flashbacks of it. And she's like. I have a party tonight, so how is that going to work at the end of the day? And then we flash back. Wait, this whole episode takes place in one day. Is it one day? She just said, I have a party tonight. Well, yeah, there's a little bit at the end with um, when the next day when Shannon and Emily go out for lunch or whatever. Okay, whatever. Yeah. It's basically one day. But I get your point. Like, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, all pretty condensed. Uh, she, her saying at the, at, uh, the, the, um, the costume party, national taco day, super casual, little Mexican fiesta with senior noodles. <laughs> super fun. <laughs> it's like, oh Jesus. And John goes, they just need to, you to, to know, uh, to shut the fuck up. <laughs> and, and Shannon's like, I feel like I've been betrayed by all of them because they're not, this was crazy. This, I was like, what the fuck are you talking about, Shannon? I love you, but like, what are you saying? In her confessional, she's like, I feel like I've been betrayed by all of them because they're not listening to me and they're believing gossip. They literally are listening to you. You are the gossip. You're saying these things and not remembering them. I don't even believe that. You think she's just faking completely? I think she's faking it because she's like, oh, that's right. I did call her and tell her. Fuck. Fuck. I don't remember that. I don't remember that. Yeah, I just, it makes me so worried for Shannon. We talked about it last week where it's like, oh, God, girl. Like Either I, she is drinking herself into oblivion so often that she is literally calling all of these girls in the middle of the night. Or she's lying. Yeah. I really hope she's lying. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean. Because she's been in this kind of a place before. And it was, it was like David. But because they that, were, that, that's what was happening when she was so like, if she's back in that same place that she was at the end of her and David's marriage, yeah. Then, what the fuck is going on between her and John? Well, there's that. But I also wonder, like, then, like, 
what what part does Shannon play? That's the question I've been having this at the end of this episode. It's like yeah, like is Shan like is Shannon a little more calculated than she's letting on? I the thing is also like I always considered Shannon to be the most open housewife, and that's why I've always liked her. And now I'm wondering like is that true? Like, I don't think so. I feel like it's not because like if if they're all like. It's also one thing when Tamara's pushing this, but now when you were seeing Heather, like, you know, corroborate. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck is happening? I, I don't know. Also, this is the f- fifth franchise in a row where we've got somebody that is getting f- accused of putting up a front and not showing their real life. Sure. But this time, but they handled it. Th- yes. But this time they handled it properly. In terms of the show. Actually, no, sixth, because it happened last season on Beverly Hills. So we had Beverly Hills with Kyle. We have um, Jersey with uh, uh, Melissa. We have um, uh, Potomac. With Robin. With Robin and Giselle to a certain extent. We have um, uh, Atlanta right now with Drew and with Marlo. We have... yeah. OC like and Vanderpump just had that with uh the Scandaval with Sandoval and Ariana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like what is happening? But like like we'll get when we, when we get to the fights they, they credit to the producers of this season, of this franchise particularly for handling it properly. Yeah. And and I'll and I'll elaborate on that later. Um John says be careful who you trust because so many people aren't aren't trustworthy or untrustworthy. And Shannon's just crying, like, why would she want to hurt me and hurt us? It's like, yeah, Shannon, why would... He-? Like, that's my... Qu- like, you, the fact that you're asking that question, I don't get why then you don't... Anyways, it's, yeah, I don't understand. You have why- to question the question when the question don't have an answer. Yeah. Um, we then cut then to Emily. So she's going dress shopping with uh, this woman, Kimberly, who is an exoneree from the uh, California Innocence Project, which... Emily has worked with to get um, um, wrongfully incarcerated people exonerated and to rehabilitate their lives and stuff like that. And she's getting ready for a big gala for the, for them that they're doing in San Diego. Um, I love the work that Emily's doing yeah. here. I, you know, ever since she had started like bringing up on the show and thought, last like, season, right? Either that or the season before maybe yeah. um, like she, it's a very important cause I think. And yeah. Um, Kimberly, Kimberly talks like she was a nurse and then like, you know, now the nursing board basically didn't deem her as rehabilitated, which is crazy because it was from a crime she did not commit. And, you know, now she has to go through the route of getting, you know, becoming an EMT in order to basically get her job back, which is like the idea that like, again, even when you are exonerated, you still have more huge yeah. groups. It's not, you know, it's not smooth sailing after that. Yeah. Is this the same um, thing that Kim Kardashian is involved with? I don't know if it's the same organization, but I... She it's does, the same sort of work that she does, though, yeah. right? Because she got, like, a law degree in order to do this sort of work, too. Right. And to... Yeah, because it's really... It's a large... You know, there are... I mean, our incarceration, you know, system in this country is just so large at this point to where, you know, we are incarcerating people... One largely for, people of color, largely black men. Yeah, for no reason, and also in many cases falsely. Um, in her case, like she basically came home and found her boyfriend murdered, 
and because of shoddy police work where they didn't do any DNA, they didn't do any forensic evidence, like she got basically screwed. And like that sucks. It you know, it's it's a terrible situation. And if you can't afford to have an actual lawyer and you have to have a public defender, you're even more screwed in that regard. Right, yeah. And so I love that Emily's doing this and she says it's really motivating for her to try to combat these flaws on a legal level, which is what she's, you know, her experience is in. Um, and she says, she says in her confession, like when I complain about my kids misbehaving or Shane or something that he said to me, you know, this woman didn't get to raise her children. I get to raise my children. So I just need to shut the fuck up. And I'm like, yes and no. Like, like, like I, the you can still like, like vocalize. I, I'm glad that that put things in perspective for you. But right. also if only the person who has it the worst gets to complain, then that means one person gets to complain. Right. And that also means that the opposite of true is true. Only one person gets to celebrate anything. Yeah. So it's like, no, like that's not how this works. Yeah. Emily is, is like, I'm going to take you out for lunch later. We can do Nobu, but I think maybe we're kicked out after our last time there. <laughs> they probably yeah. have like big photos with X's on them. <laughs> probably. Uh, I, I mean, it really is. I mean, it's the fourth wall of the fact that they are contracted to film in these restaurants, but I'm like, at this point you would have people be kicked out of like banned from restaurants at the level that housewives I mean if shit. you haven't been if you haven't been banned from the lonely woman like no quiet woman. Fine, or quiet woman is a quiet woman not lonely, lonely woman. woman no that's Shannon <laughs> um, <laughs> but fuck <laughs> um but well and he but I mean you either kick Shannon out or you make merchandise out of it and make it a hot spot in Orange County, which apparently the owner yeah. has done now. So good on him. Um, Heather is FaceTiming Gina, um, uh, saying that she needs to basically talk to Shannon and that the only way she can is the drive to Huntington where she's setting up the party and stuff like that um, to have a conversation. She doesn't want to do it during the party or, or whatever. She wants to get ahead of it. Fabulous, Heather. Thank you. For the first time in how many fucking seasons of Housewives across the board, someone says, you know, a party's not the appropriate time to have a confrontation. Let's yeah. do this before or after. Hey, Danielle from Jersey, take notes. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah, Gina's like, I'm going to text Shannon that, you know, I'm not going. I don't think Shannon even really wants me there after, you know, the last party. Like, she probably hates me. She's like, uh, Gina says, I'm obviously going to go to a philanthropic event with Emily where I can feel good versus fucking tacos with some nutball that's screaming at me. I mean, I don't blame her. Sure. But I'm sure as Emily says later, I think she's like, oh, but the tacos though. <laughs> Fair. Also, Emily's tagline is literally, if you're going to waste my time, at least give me tacos. But like the fact that this episode, like, this, like illuminated why that was her tagline and we were confused for the last how ma however many episodes yeah i love a long like a long burn like that <laughs> i love a smart tagline like that too that's like a reference to something specific yeah and it like it just good job emily and heather's like i plan on going but i just feel uncomfortable and then i don't have time to change my schedule not that my life is more important than anyone. And I, I'm like, oh, I feel I actually feel bad for Heather that she has to like preface that now. Cause she's Such been fucking bullshit. Uh, we, we had that discussion before where it's like, no, yes, your life is more important. It's your life. Um, Heather then decides to stop by Shannon's to get set up. And so they sit down to talk and she, Heather goes, how are you? And Shannon goes, 
I'm not very good, actually. And Heather goes, I know. So let's just launch into it so we don't have to bullshit about anything. <laughs> yeah. I, I fucking love, like, as much as people like to call her, like, pretentious and, like, head in the clouds and whatnot, she's fucking real. She also cuts to a point. And, like, I appreciated that in this moment. She's like, let's get the niceies out of the yeah. way. Like, let's just, we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about this then. She's like, I'm sorry you're upset. But, you know, I don't like that people are trying to say that I'm the one spreading information. I have never, ever initiated a conversation about your relationship, ever. I am not spreading your information and specific details that you told me are in the vault. And then Shannon goes, okay, let's stop with these specific details because you are alluding that these are horrible, horrible things. And uh, Heather's like, no, I'm not alluding. Like, I'm... Li and it's like, but are there... Then why are you mad? You can't have it both ways, Shannon. Like, you can't be, you can't talk about my relationship, and also it's normal everyday stuff. Like, so if it's normal everyday stuff, then why are you afraid of them talking then about it? Then why did you freak out at the lunch with Tamara and Vicky when Tamara was like, there was stuff in the vault that Heather shared? If the stuff in the vault is not that bad, then... Why is it in the vault? Exactly. You don't put ones in the vault you don't put your collection of paper clips in the vault yeah you don't put low value things in the vault the vault is for shit that you would be embarrassed to get out yeah um shannon's like they are normal relationship issues spending time together blended family kids and and heather goes there have been other things shannon i'm not gonna go there like like i'm she's like i'm trying to like not do this and not say this. I'm even in this moment, I'm trying to not say this on camera, right? But you're forcing yeah. me my hand to a certain extent. If right I now. were Heather, I would have called her on it because Heather kind of does, yeah, but I would have directly called her on it. I would have been like, So then, which of these details are you fine with getting out and which are bad enough that they need to be in the vault? Because how am I supposed to know? How am I supposed to know the difference? And if they're in the vault, then that's all I'm saying about it. They're in the vault, yeah. Shannon says they're confessional. Like, I want to trust people and believe that there are good intentions. But in this instance, not all the, I just think that not all the intentions were good. And I'm like, how do you know this at this point? Uh, the only intentions here that are not good have been Tamra's. And the only information you're getting about this is coming from Tamra. Exactly. So, like. Uh, I'm exhausted. I'm so, like, I'm exhausted in a good way. I can get, but also I can get it at the time, right? Yeah. I don't understand why Shannon still doesn't see it. Yeah. Like, I don't see how she's watching these episodes back and she's still not like, fuck you, Tamra. Yeah. Heather goes, you keep pointing the finger at me as if I've done something to you. And Shannon goes, if you're concerned, talk to me. Don't talk to other people. And then Heather's like, you seem to not remember things that you tell lots of people, lots of things, Shannon. So it's like, it's not, we're all discussing it because of these phone calls that you're like, you're opening to everyone. And then you're expecting us not to be concerned about shit. And then, but the, the, when she brings this up, Shannon's like, all right, so now I'm a loony bin. Now, now I'm crazy, whatever. And, and Heather then says in her confessional, Shannon drinks, and at night when she's sad, she calls a plethora of people. And then we see her, and then Gina, and then Tamara, and then Emily all confirm this in their confessional. I, if I were them, I would be, if I were the producers, I would have had each one of them pull their phone up and read out when she called her, them in the middle of the night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
that, then list on screen, this is how many times Shannon is calling in the middle of the night to these people. Right, right, right. Not necessarily this one was to this one, this one was to that one, this one was, but just like list them. Right. Emily says that jokes that Shannon should probably have a breathalyzer on her cell phone, like on cars. They have those. That's true. They do have those. Like, honestly, but it's like, I feel sad to be like Shannon's an alcoholic, but like this has been talked about for seasons. Yeah, I was about to say, we've been toying with that for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, go to fucking rehab, chick. I feel like that was brought up even her first season. I mean, yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, do you remember her first season? Oh, well, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, Shannon goes, you will all see <laughs> the fucking truth. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that was epic. Shannon goes, John is a private person. And at this point, Heather's done and goes, he is not a private person. Stop it. Like, Stop saying that. <laughs> She's just done. What are you talking about? Shannon's like, John doesn't want people to know our personal business. And Heather goes, you can keep saying that, but then you tell us other things that lead us to other conclusions. And then this is where Heather says in her confessional, Shannon has told me and other people that John loves being in the limelight. And it's a lot of the reason that he's with her. Which, which is, which she doesn't even explicit, but that's, she says this in her confessional. She doesn't explicitly say this to, to Shannon in the moment. But kind of like hints to it by saying like, the, but like stuff you tell us would lead us to a different conclusion than John is a private person. Right. I would like, uh, again, like we were saying earlier about Atlanta, I would like to know when these were filmed. Right. Like, was this all filmed after they broke up? Like, was this filmed after the season wrapped? So is that why they're spilling all these details now? Uh, yeah, at a certain point, it has to just be like, well, I don't have a choice anymore. Like, it's like, like at least on Heather's part, Tamara's more than willing to. Yeah. But, like, on Heather's part, it's like, well, fuck. Like, I might as well. Yeah. Shannon then storms off into Video Village again and just, like, demikes. And it's like, out, done. I'm fucking done. And, like, she just walks down the street away from her party. <laughs> it's very, again, a lot of fourth wall breaking this episode. This and, season. This season. But, yeah, yeah. We then go to Jen's house and she's playing uh, soccer with her son, Dominic. I love this scene. Yeah. This scene got me so fucking emotional. It was so good. Um, she, uh, they uh, get to a point where Jen's like asking Dominic if like he has any questions about adoption. And, and she knows that like he's bringing up certain things like in certain moments and stuff like that. He is, by the way, adorable. Yeah. Like he, you can tell, like, I think there's a lot of talk about like, you know, people doing like some of this stuff performatively on housewives, you know, for mm-hmm. story purposes, you can really tell that there's a beautiful dynamic between them and that it's genuine Yeah, and that it's, it's just really, really nice to see. Um, she talks a little bit about like, you know, him feeling different from time to time. And like that he'll say like, you know, mom, I want hair like Dawson and I want skin like Harrison, her biological kids who are obviously white and, yeah. you know, and that's like heartbreaking. Yeah. And but I can I like she handles that so fucking well of the way she and I mean the reputation that OC gets for being let's just say it right leaning like for her to like leaning leaning uh <laughs> but to to like have that understanding to instill that message into him that like not just the fact that like you're my child, but like that your skin is beautiful. Yeah. That like you should be proud, like be proud of your dark skin, like and to 
instill that confidence in him. Yeah. I thought was so progressive and yeah. like so like well and also to link it back to you know you you remember your birth mom like you know this this woman and you look like her and you've seen pictures of her mm-hmm. and you look so much like her and like one day you'll like you know get to have a relationship with her again yeah and like having that connection to her is going to be really important and it's just like I can understand why a little boy being raised in a white family who is a person of color would feel like I want to look like my family. It doesn't really have anything to do with the fact that his skin is brown. It's just that his skin is different than his family's. Yeah. Right. Um, It would probably be the same if this was a Latino family that adopted a white boy. Right. You know, he would feel the same way. I want to look like my family. Mm-hmm. So, like, I I understand that longing to belong, right, is what it is. And she's reminding him, you belong with us because we love you. And you also belong with your mother because you look like her. Yeah. Like, there's she, a belonging she, in dual spaces. She mentions, like, would you ever want to meet her? And, like, what would you, like, say? Right. Like, sort of, like, that kind of, like... I couldn't remember if he had had a relationship with her before or if he had re- been removed from that situation before. I can't remember, but I feel like it was, like, really early in his life. Oh, so. that's right. No, he was an infant when they yeah, had, yeah, yeah. took him in as a foster child. And I think he went back and, f- like, he was going back and forth between Jen's and the foster home. In like Maybe. The, like, so I think, like, that, and then they eventually then made the decision. Anyway. But, like, I think it's really... It's just really beautiful. And I also really loved, like, the instilling of to him, like, you know, I would, you know, I tell him, like, I would kill to have your beautiful brown skin. Like, like making it a point of, like, you know, knowing that what you have is beautiful. And, like, like you said, it's natural to want to match your family and sort of, like, have those things. But, like, seeing, like, instilling in him the positiveness, the positive elements of, you know, his features and his qualities. Like, I think that's really, just really great and sweet. And I think it's one, it's, it, Jen is one of the best housewife editions this year across franchises, I think. And I, I honestly think that she's having the best rookie year I've seen in a very long time. Yeah, I really think so. Like, I, credit to the casting department and all that, because, like, it's really, really done. We then go to Heather and Terry's, and they're signing the escrow papers for their L.A. penthouse. Um, we find out that they sold the mansion for fifty-five million, which fucking hell! <laughs> like that is like. Could I just say I'm mourning the loss of that mansion because I was emotionally attached. Yeah, yeah, it's and it's only we've only seen it on the show in in its full capacity for two years now, less than that. But like when she was building it, she had like the YouTube series like through all of that. And yeah. And, like, giving us the tour throughout the whole place and all of that stuff and the the stained glass mural thing and, mm-hmm. like, the lighting installation and the, like, all of these different things, right? And so it's just, we got kind of, it's our home. Yeah. That's, that's our, you know, wealth porn home that we'll never actually step foot into, but still felt nice. Yeah. And she's like, we've we've sold the the, the mansion, we've uh, signed the escrow paper on the penthouse, and then she says, "There's a third thing that we can't talk about right now." So some sort of cliffhanger in that regard. 
Shannon's continuing to set up the party. And she's just like, I mean, I'm sad Heather's pulling out, but I just got to, you know, keep going. And then Emily decides to FaceTime Shannon while she's getting coffee. To basically, she was going to basically tell Shannon that she was going to be late. because she's li- She literally was going to go from this Innocence Project event in San Diego to still make it to Shannon's party. Which, like, credit to you if that, you know. But so she FaceTimes her to sort of, like, get this stuff out of the way from the, the last party. And she's like, I feel it's important for us to have a sit down. You know, I don't want you to be upset. I do care about you and your friendship. And Shannon's just like, you know, you know, if, I, if I'm such a close friend to you, talk to me about my relationship. Don't talk to Tamara and everyone else. It's like. Well, sh- to be fair, Shannon was already activated from Heather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, so, like, <laughs> she was already chomping at the bit. She was like, next motherfucker that calls me, I'm chewing their ass out. <laughs> Shannon, once she's on that, that hamster wheel, it's oh, very yeah. hard to get her off of it. And she's like, I have a normal relationship. It's not perfect, but it's a normal relationship. And Emily is done. And she's like, goes, you know what, Shannon? You share a bunch of bullshit to people off camera, and then you don't want to take accountability for it. And Emily's hand holding her phone is like shaking. She's that mad. I don't blame her, though. But I think it kind of like. Because her and Heather have been getting the brunt of this. Yeah. And her and Heather have been, like, villainized. for. So I understand why both of them are fucking done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Shannon's like, you know, you don't have arguments? And, and Emily's like, I have arguments with Shane all the time, but I talk about it. You are two different people, Shannon. You're Jekyll and Hyde, and I'm tired of it. And then Shannon's like, well, that's a really hurtful statement. I wear my heart on my sleeve. And Emily's like, you know what, Shannon? You know, I'm not doing this on FaceTime. Have fun at your party. And then tries to hang up, but it doesn't work. Like, it's the iPhone. Like, if you ever try to hang up a FaceTime, it's the worst thing. Oh, yeah. Especially when you're angry. So it's like she's trying to swipe. And then the the full iPhone screen swipe. She's like, fuck. And like, no, Shannon, I'm not. And then she thinks she hung up and put the phone down. But Shannon's still talking. She's like, no, Shannon. And she just goes. (laughs) (laughs) I almost wanted a producer to walk on screen and turn it off for her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I also kind of love them leaving her, like, swinging in the wind. What's the... Fr- twisting in the wind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just... Uh. Shannon... But th- then the fourth wall completely goes down after this. Because then Shannon literally goes turns to a producer and goes, she's not coming. And so now they're basically both talking to producers. And... Because, I mean, Emily broke it in the sense of, like, you're doing this shit off camera. Yeah. And then on... And to me, it put a lot of things in perspective from last season. Last season, I was very Team Shannon in the Gina stuff and the Gina-Emily stuff against her. Because I felt like Gina and Emily were, like, pulling shit out of nowhere. And it just seemed like they were looking for an issue. But I think what it was... Now, in retrospect, I think they were trying to do it on the housewife level where everything's fair and the wall is up and you have to sort of like maneuver your way around getting to the issue. Right. And I think what happened was they were looked at as antagonists for that, for the most part, by people. I, I did as well. I looked at them as that. And then I think this time they're like, well, fuck it. Like, we have to bring the fourth wall down. Yeah. We have to tell, you know, tell the audience at this point, too. Like, no, she is literally one way off camera. And then when we try to talk about it on camera, she then does this shit. And that's not tenable. And it's also not fair. Yeah. Yeah. 
completely not fair. And like, so I agree with her. Like, I'm like, yeah, Emily, you're right. Like, it is kind of bullshit. Like that we're not seeing, yeah, you know, that, that Shannon wants to present one image of John and that's it. You know, and <laughs> Emily, you're professional. My purpose in calling Shannon was to tell her that I was going to be late to her fiesta, but screw that. I'm not going to go. And you know what? Tacos are my favorite food. So if I'm going to miss that, it's because I'm pissed. <laughs> And then, but this is where it was like so illuminating. Shannon gets upset and, and to production goes, you guys have the party. I did not sign up for this. And ba- basically telling but them like. You did. You, this is Housewives. Right. I'm sorry. Did you not read the con? You've been on this show for how long, Shannon? And you don't understand that this is exactly what you signed up for? Right. But I thought it was so interesting her being like, you guys do, you the producers, do the party without me. That then at that point would have. Two attendees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's, it's like, but it was so fourth wall breaking, but it was so refreshing in yeah. that sense. Yeah. And Emily, Emily is ranting to her producers being like, I'm sick of the bullshit victim mode where I share things with you. And then it's like, oh, you betrayed me. You're on a fucking reality show. Talk about it. Yeah. And she, uh, Shannon is ranting to the producers and goes, if they're assholes enough to bring up the details, does he spend enough time with me? She's made, Shannon, it was almost her being like, well, these are, these are the issues, I guess, in, in what she's going to like share. As if she doesn't know she's being filmed right now, by the way. She yeah. thinks that the cameras, if she says cameras down, don't put this on the show, they just won't. Yeah, um, the contract supersedes your consent in the moment, unfortunately. Yeah, so she, now she should start ranting to them, going, does he spend enough time with me? Is there going to be enough money? His kid doesn't like me. I can't talk about that on camera. And this can't go on camera. <laughs> like, <laughs> Which is corroborated because that fight at the restaurant that we saw on TMZ where yeah, was with her, his, was with child. his child, not with her. Yeah. Or with him. So, like, but it's like, we deserve to see that as a, as a, as an yeah. audience. I'm pissed a little bit at Shannon. Like John calls in the middle of this and Shannon's just crying. Like, you know, Emily just called me Jekyll and Hyde. And so I'm going through a lot. So I need to call you back. <laughs> and he's like, okay, Shannon. <laughs> uh, we then go to Emily and Gina uh, driving to San Diego for this event. Th- this offhanded thing, Emily is like, God, I'm hungry. They should have Grubhub in like, helicopters that they can deliver to like a highway and Gina goes wait what and Emily goes anyways so the innocence project (laughs) (laughs) so just train of thought (laughs) Gina's like they talk about the Shannon stuff and Gina's like no one's trying to hurt Shannon I just think she's in a really bad spot where she doesn't want to hear it um they end up arriving and they greet some of the exonerees we meet Marilyn um who I'm not laughing well you'll understand why I'm laughing she was in prison for 28 years and she's like, I ended up basically on death row. Gina goes, you got convicted for murder. And Marilyn goes, double murder. And Gina goes, Gina like starts scratching her neck. She's so nervous in this moment. <laughs> I'm like, but she's innocent. And she's like, so that you, that, that you did not do. Great. <laughs> but I hate, I like, I get it. Cause it's like, it, it's like, I, I'm all for that, but I'm also like when it's like a double murder, I'm like, I'm, I watch enough murder shows but also, where I'm like, okay, but are we like sure, sure? <laughs> but also, even even though she is innocent, 
28 years in prison yeah. changes you. Oh, for sure. Especially on death row. Yeah. That, like, you're no. not the same human that went in there. Yeah. Like, she literally thought she was going to die in there and never see the sky again. Like, that's fucked up mm-hmm. to know you're innocent. And, like, I, I cannot imagine. I, I would have literally been clawing at the walls trying to get out of there. Yeah. And luckily, you know, the government, I'm assuming Newsom pardoned her. Or, yeah. Or um, expunged her record. So it's like, yeah. Um, Gina's, but then what do you do? Yeah. Like, you have no work history. You have no work history. You, like. So then when they're like, well, why didn't you work for the last 28 years? Well. Well, I did work, but I don't get to put that on. Yeah. Gina is like, you know, when you look at this stuff, it's like you and you look at your own life, like there's just like no comparison. Like I look at what I I was in with my DUI. I was in jail for like maybe less than 24 hours. And it's like there's nothing. There's no comparison to like yeah. that stuff. Um, yeah. They meet with uh, Terrell, who is um, uh, who Emily first met up with when she was starting the Innocence Project um, and his daughter, Aria. Um, this little sweet moment with them. And he had just gotten basically a bill signed by the governor. Uh, I don't think they talked about what it specifically was, but it's about, prob- I'm assuming, is wrongful he, conviction. Is he the same one that we met last season? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the, at the little lunch with Emily. Yeah. Um, and, and I think he, and cause I'm assuming, because his daughter was really young, that it's like a recent child. Yeah. So, like, it's, like, it's good to see, like, you know, she, Emily's like, it's such a beautiful to see him sort of, like, rebuild his family. And he's like, you know, and he was never you know when he does his work with the innocence project like there's no bitterness there's no you know he just is so passionate about this and it and it's really happy and like emily's inner this the edit i busted out laughing with this editing from the editors it was the most brilliant thing i've ever seen on housewives i i emily in her confessional when you do work that's so much bigger than you you know it puts life in perspective and it makes you realize that so many things that we worry about and we stress about are trivial. And you really learn that you don't have any reason to complain. Cut to Shannon out of the party. <laughs> John, be quiet, John. <laughs> like freaking out, like, like having a full breakdown. <laughs> I, 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 it took me like a good couple minutes. I was dying. It was so fucking funny. And Shannon's just like, I mean, six, I mean, six people are now just not showing up. It's fine. It's fine. You know, and she's, it's a mess. Guests then eventually start arriving at Shannon's party. The, the, the Tamara says, and Tamara and Eddie say hi. And this woman who I guess was like the party planner. I don't know who she was, but she, she goes. If she's the party planner, she was not doing her job because Shannon was doing a shit ton of work. Yeah. But she goes. Glad you guys are here to support our friend. Like, making the emphasis that, like, by the way, like, three people just ditched Shannon. (laughs) Just to remember that, Shannon. (laughs) Like, don't bring it up right now. (laughs) Tamara's like, Tamara says that Shannon called her hysterically crying (laughs) before she came to this party. I don't necessarily blame her i understand like i blame her for the overall like situation she's in yeah but in that moment don't blame her for absolutely losing her shit yeah it's it, it yeah uh she, she, Tamara goes i feel bad for shannon but would i go somebody that i got into a fight with and not go to their party probably <laughs> <laughs> um 
uh, Taylor and her husband arrive and Jen and Ryan arrive. Shannon, <laughs> there was something about Shannon in this little, she's got her pink, like, um, suit jacket sort of thing on and the little festive, like, uh, <laughs> fiesta hat or whatever. And it's so tiny. So tiny. And she just goes, I mean, today was a tough day for me because I spent a lot of time putting this together and I really wanted to have a super fun fiesta. <laughs> it was, it was giving almost like Jennifer Coolidge. Like it was something that she would say in her like sort of like it. Yeah, it, it was very much that. It's I did, like the absurdity. It's like I feel bad for you that you're like crying and hysterically like sort of emotion. But could you way, take off the tiny hat? Yeah, please? it's like the way that you're doing it though. I just can't help but laugh. I, I like you know what I mean. And I fe- and then I feel bad for laughing. No, they're they're here for art entertainment. It's fine. Yeah, uh, Senor Noodles kicks <laughs> off the. But like what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> and he they but they're doing like we were like so they're doing hibachi but it's Mexican. I guess it was like fajitas. Also, there's no noodles in Mexican cuisine. Not really. Why is he? Like I don't. I need more explanation of like why he was there. And I'm like, so confused. And who and and uh, what was on his resume? <laughs> like. Who, what, why, where, and how. Yeah. We just see, like, this, like, montage of them getting, like, fucked up on tequila and just, like, cross. Like, they're almost like they're high. <laughs> like, like. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a lot. We go quickly to Emily's. Uh, we do, like, a quick thing at Emily's uh, Exonery Gala. And, like, she does a quick speaking thing. And it's sweet. It's, it's you know, um, pretty straightforward. Not too much there. But the event looks like a big success. Um, we go back to the party. Shannon thinks that everyone's, you know, thanks everyone for coming. And it's, like. And oh, Eddie, Eddie goes, for what it's worth, I'm so glad to celebrate your relationship. <laughs> like, Eddie, Eddie's a messy bitch. I'm sorry. So messy. And, and, and John goes, not perfect. Nobody's is. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, but also, sh- like, shady on Eddie's part for, like, I, you guys were talking shit episode two in cut. And Eddie was literally being like, I mean, I don't know how John even puts up with Shannon, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, David was the best part of their relationship. And here he's like, I'm so happy for you guys. Like, what? Both of those are fucked up to say. Yeah. I mean, I can understand saying the first thing. Like, I couldn't be with Shannon because I couldn't be with Shannon. Like, I could not deal with that level of neurotic. Yeah. But, like, to say that David... Was the good part in David and Shannon? Literally, fuck you. Yeah. Like, that guy was an abusive asshole. It's, it's like... What? Uh, and, and, like, yes, I get it. Like you said, Shannon wasn't the easiest. But, like, I just don't... I don't, I don't get it. And, like, I, uh, Tamara talks about Erica Fessel, like, you know, when I see them on the surface, you know, I think they're good. Now, do I believe that? No. It's like, what? What does that mean? And she's like, my gut tells me they won't get married. And usually my gut is right. I mean, well. I mean, I guess. that's You, you do have a good track record on the show, at least. Um, Eddie, then, after John says the whole, like, you know, no, no, not perfect, nobody is. Eddie goes, so you aren't fucking some other girl, like, joking? And then Ryan goes, Eddie, that's my job. I'm, I, mm. I find it funny that he's like willing to joke about all of the accusations. I guess. To me, 
that makes him more believable in w- my in my eyes. I almost wish Jen made that joke more than he did. Sure. Because he is the habitual cheater still. Sure, but it's still... I I still am happy that somebody made the joke. Yeah. Because it, at least at that point, I'm like, okay, y'all aren't taking this seriously. Right. You aren't taking the accusation seriously. It it undercuts it, the accusation from the show itself. Sure. It says this has no vil- validity and like completely like if Shannon had volleyed back when somebody said something like that oh, we would never believe any of this yeah, with but her she, and John but Shannon would never do that no of course she wouldn't but like if she had we wouldn't believe any of this we wouldn't have this storyline yeah if she had just said fuck you it's not fu- like it's not a thing then we wouldn't have this story yeah Tamara throws the napkin at Ryan when he says this which I was, was kind of cute um, Senor Noodles like has a steak in like like a knife or whatever, and he's like, "Wow, the stakes are clearly high." I'm like, "Are you Gallagher? What the what the <laughs> fuck is this? What I, is your job?" It's it's not it's not great. Um, Jen then tells Shannon like, you know, the one thing I will say, it's this was <laughs> the one thing I'll say. It sucks to sit with your 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 relationship being scrutinized and to be open and honest, and for that to be thrown back in your face. And Tamara goes, "It's disgusting." Tamara, you need to shut up right now. You are the source of all of this. <laughs> shut the fuck up. Yeah, how? Yeah, you're right, Jen. Who would dare do that? What the? Like, it's crazy. <laughs> Tamara is so delusional that I'm just, at the end of the day thankful for it. Do you think Senior Noodle is a reference to Mr. Noodle, that show on? <laughs> I, I love your brain. I love that you were, I love that that was in the back of your head for this entire. <laughs> yeah, but it had to make its way out to the mm-hmm. front. <laughs> yeah. God, I love the way, I love the way your brain works. <laughs> Tara, uh. Taylor asked about, uh, you know, I'm kind of new to this group, so I'm, I am wondering, like, who I can trust and who I can't. And Tamara goes, it's pretty clear who's sitting at the table and who's not. So, like, Tamara, like, clearly, like, trying to split the yeah. group, right? Like, yeah. So, like, yeah. Jen uh, brings up Shannon, uh, brings up to Shannon what Gina said to her when they went shopping a couple episodes ago about, you know, Emily had told me that, like, you know, she was asking questions about me and Travis, and she was, like, poking into my relationship, et cetera. Shannon then is, like, you know, all I was saying, like, if I was crying for three years to John Jansen about David Bador, he would say, hit the road. Like, which, yes, I get, like, it was just, to me, I don't think that that was a big deal because it was just a continuation of Montana. It was, like, it's where they left in Montana. They had a discussion about it. It's fine. I can understand that Gina may be upset. I get Gina's point of like, Shannon does that to me, but I can't do that to her and not get shit on for it. So yeah, if we're playing by the same rules, maybe, but, but then Shannon, uh, I don't know what Shannon's doing here. Shannon goes, I tried to be kind to her. I helped her with her DUI. She was going to get arrested at 8 a.m. in the morning with her kids. They would have gone to child protective services. And I'm like, this is going too far. Uh, <laughs> and, and Gina talks later that, and Shannon has for a couple seasons now brought up the, like, I helped you when you got arrested thing, which can get a little annoying. 
Also, they don't call CPS over DUIs. No, they, Gina makes a great point of this later. Like, and, but it's like, that's a little bit of a step too far. And Jen's literally like, am I hearing this right? Like, what? Like, you don't talk about a mom and her kids and CPS as like, like dinner conversation. That's like. Also, there's literally another parent. Right. Like, their father is still able to take them. But was, was this around the time of the domestic um, abuse thing? Would that have fucked it up? Maybe. I don't believe the... Here's the thing. I don't believe the kids thing. I don't think that's how that, wor- that no. went down. So it's, like, kind of mute to, like, you know. Yeah. So then Senior Noodles then bust out the tequila water gun. <laughs> uh, Tamara at one point steals it. Taylor, like, just straight up falls at one point. <laughs> like, just... And, like, Tamara, like, accidentally, like, blasts Shannon in the side of the head with it. Jeez. Which, like, that's, like, like it's tequila. If that shit goes in your eye, like. I mean, we saw how bad it was when there was a drop of tequila in water and James got it on his, in his eye on Vanderpump. Like, how bad if it's actually tequila? Right. It was, it was a lot. We then go to Heather, who is meeting with her realtor and her interior designer at their new L.A. penthouse. It is $14 million. <laughs> This I I this was the wealth porn of all wealth porn to me, and I was I was here for it because I love me some wealth porn. I was like, and her her showing uh Nikki and 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 Terry. So this is actually Roberto Cavalli's first home that he has ever designed in the U.S. It's like, oh my god, this is what you're picking for like your palatial then, pad to like do gigs in 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 LA. And then he had all of the the um, materials, like the flooring and all of the yeah. furniture and stuff, shipped from Italy. Bitch, you couldn't locally source. No, apparently not. Go no. down to our house. No, like, none <laughs> of that China-made American stuff. That's for the poor's. <laughs> This was, uh, it was great. The (laughs) the fucking closet. Jesus Christ. That thing went on forever. It was like, oh my God. It was crazy. And then like. It had a corner, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was there a corner? Like you could turn the corner in the closet. What the fuck? And everything's like automated with like, like the racks like roll down or it. it, uh, Oh God. Um, she says that they've basically signed NDAs um, at this point for like all that stuff, which I love that they're like filming a reality show. Is this as they're saying we signed NDAs? But like you were saying, like like the the NDA like would have a time limit on it. Yeah. So it would be like you can't talk about this for the next three months, for ex- for example. Right. By but, that time, the show's not out yet. So who yeah. cares? She's like until contingencies are released. We aren't packing a single bag. We're not making a single phone call. You know, we're still in Orange County. And uh, she says, this isn't a goodbye to Orange County. I'm just seeing someone else for a moment. <laughs> um, we then go to Jen's house as Gina is coming over. Um, and as she's coming over, Jen is with her daughter, Everly. And they're basically taking care of foster cats because they also do that as well. <laughs> and Jen, Gina is like, uh, has a complete disbelief about this of like, like, oh, my God, you have all these fucking cats, and you're, like... Some people did point out that, like, Jen, like Jen was, like, feeding the cats, like, cat food with her hands, and then, like, seemingly did not wash her hands um, when she was, like, interacting with Gina. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, that would be a problem. Um, but Jen asks, uh, you know, Gina... They sit down, and Jen asks Gina, like, you know, 
you know, I know you didn't go to Shannon's thing last night. And Gina's like, you know, I just, at the end of the day, I didn't want to ruin her party because of everything that's happened. You know, Gina's like, at the end of the day, I was not talking about her relationship with John in this like salacious way that Shannon's making out. And Jen's like, or yeah, Jen's like, well, Shannon wasn't really even talking about that. And then brings up like, she did mention that like, at one point you had gotten a DUI and she had stepped in to help you from getting your children taken away by CPS. And, and Gina goes, well, that's fucking absurd. There is absolutely zero scenario where my children were going to be taken by CPS. And if she opens her fucking mouth and says anything remotely close, I'm going to have a really big problem. Gina was fucking pissed. And I, I, I've been iffy on Gina, but like here I was like, no, you have a right to be pissed. Well, and it's funny because it, it's like this episode is the entire cast one by one turning on Shannon. Yeah. So like you have Heather do it first and then you have Emily and then Gina and then now I'm wondering, oh, are we going to have a, a Jen? Is Jen going to turn on Shannon? Are we going to have that moment? Are we going to have a moment where it's literally everyone has turned on Shannon but Tamara? Because that's, I have, am still in the school of thought of this is all orchestrated by Tamara in order to isolate Shannon so that Shannon only has her to depend on because Tamara's a fucking narcissist. <laughs> I think, I think you're, it's proving out your point. Because I, I she that. did the same shit to fucking uh, Vicky. Vicky with Brooks. She isolated her from her daughter. She, I, like, she's the one that revved as, up her as, daughter. As valid as it was. Like, as, as right as Tamara was, that is what happened. She, Tamara's the one that revved up her daughter and had her go after Vicky. Like, it, like come on. Yeah. yeah, Gina in her confessional goes, it doesn't even make fucking sense. If everybody who got a fucking DUI lost their kids, everybody's kids in Orange County would be fucking locked up right now. Accurate. <laughs> Especially Kelly Dodds. Uh, uh, oh, allegedly, me. allegedly, allegedly. Don't excuse, sue us. Excuse me. Kelly Levesque. Levesque? Leventhal. Leventhal? Whatever. <laughs> Close enough. Um, Gina says that um, Shannon will never Leviathan, stop. Leviathan, really. There we go. That's much <laughs> Creature from the depths. <laughs> I'm black. <laughs> Every time we bring her up, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> Gina says that Shannon will never stop bringing up that she saved her. And Gina goes, there will be no friendship, but she still needs to know that she crossed the line. At this point, I just need to address it with Shannon because I want her to shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, God, this is going to be good. We then see Emily and Shannon go out to brunch, right, to sort of, like, deal with, like, the fallout from the FaceTime call. <laughs> Shannon go, t tells the waitress, what's good? What's a little fat here? And the waitress is like, you know, I would suggest maybe, like, the summer salad. That's the one thing I really love to get for, like, lunch. And Shannon goes, can I get a cheeseburger? <laughs> Medium well. <laughs> what? And the, you could tell the waitress was just like, are they fucking with me? <laughs> like, <laughs> and Shannon's like, okay, but do it with like no bread. And then Emily, after Shannon says this, says, can we also get a whole like sourdough loaf with butter just for the side? And Shannon's face was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, <laughs> I just said no bread. <laughs> Emily uh, says, it's good to see you. And Shannon just stares at her. No, no response. No, like Shannon is zoned out. You can almost see her eyes start twitching. Mm -hmm. She's like, 
we're not going to do this again. Um, Emily apologizes for the FaceTime call, says that she was just very emotional. Shannon thanks her, and she's like, you know, I go in all, all in for a friendship, and if I was concerned, I would sit down with you if I had an issue. And Emily's like, you know, we were concerned about you. You know, are we, you know, about everything? Like, are we not allowed to do that? And, and Shannon goes, no, because I think you're exaggerating. Did I talk about cheating, abuse, drug use, illegal stuff? <laughs> Is that the standard drug use? And like, also, I'm assuming when she ab- says abuse, she means physical abuse. Right. Because I would argue some of the stuff Emily has said is kind of, that allegedly John said is kind of verbally abusive. Uh Uh-huh. So, yeah. And Emily's like, I never said it's anything like that. And when, and you, your mind was blown about this. Emily goes, I never said anything, it was anything like that. And when Tamara asks me that, I say, no, absolutely not. And then what does Shannon immediately say? What pisses me off is Heather insinuating that it's all this fucking bad shit. And you were like, Shannon, did you listen to what Emily just said? She said, Tamara started this. Tamara, like, poured the gasoline in a nice little neat line and circled you with the gasoline and then had it lead back over to me and said, hi, I'm striking this match and I'm going to drop it right here on this gasoline and then dropped it and sauntered away and then you turned and looked at me and said, Fuck you. It's like one thing to be conflicted. Shannon won't even accept information that it could be Tamara's it's, fault. It's literally cognitive dissonance. It's like she just won't accept the possibility that it's Tamara's fault. Yeah. But also, that also raised questions in my head. And I was telling you about this. She goes, what pisses me off is Heather insinuating that it's all this fucking bad shit. And Emily goes, I agree. And Shannon goes, she's a fucking liar. And Shannon's like, Heather's lying when she says all these other women have brought it to her, brought it, brought things to you. She says, it's you, it's Gina, it's Tamara. She's a, she's lying. And Shannon says that, you know, Heather has a history of making things seem worse than they are, which is true. They so that's it. Okay. You, you can't defend Heather on that. That season, she was crazy. I don't think she was that far off. Well, you know, and she goes, okay, but also look back at that and tell me that it does not look like Shannon is having a psychotic break. And at that point, what do you need? You need an ambulance. Right. But that because was a- you need to be taken to a pretty little room where you can sleep on the wall standing up. Sure. Like that's what you need in that moment. And like Shannon could have used that in that moment. And that's all that Heather was saying. But also that was the season of Heather being like, Shannon screamed at me across from Javier's and it's, and it's Shannon going, Heather, I was wanting to sit in that chair. <laughs> like, like It wasn't that chill. It yeah. was not nearly that chill. Shannon goes, Heather Dubrow is calculating and manipulative. And Emily goes, okay, can we reserve Heather for just a minute? And I was, but like, she is so convinced about Heather. Oh yeah. To evident, to without any, to me, any, definitive substantial evidence at this point and to me i i started to think could this not be shannon being blind could shannon be in on this with tamra and the reason i i was like i was like wait didn't something happen last year at the reunion and i remember heather brought up last year at the reunion that because she was upset about the whole um the Nicole girl who was suing Terry right. and the whole Shannon bringing that up seemingly off camera, but on camera and then how it spiraled and all that stuff. So Heather makes the point of saying at the reunion, I've protected you and your family for years. 
at the season, at your first reunion season nine, I had already knew that uh, David had an affair on you. You had known that David had an affair on you, but you were acting as if you were perfectly, you know, that you had gotten so much better in your relationship and didn't reveal it until we started picking up filming for the next season. She revealed that at, she, Heather said that at the reunion and Shannon was pissed about that. To me, I feel this might be a little revenge. See, I don't think, um, Shannon is not coordinated enough to pull that off. Right. I think that Shannon was primed to accept that Heather was the bad guy when told that by Tamra. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't believe that Shannon is the kind of person who could carry out like she would be, she would be like doing that whole, um, like your lip, like look at the camera oh, type yeah, thing yeah, yeah. if she was lying. But that's my, but my thing is like, that's my issue now where I like, I don't know who Shannon is. So like that. Either she is a master actor and has been acting since the moment she got on this show. I don't know about that, but yeah. But, the, but she hasn't changed. She can't, you can't, it has to be one or the other. Yeah. Either she has man, been manipulated or manipulating all of us this entire time and has been lying about her character and the way that she behaves and all of that, her personality this entire time. Right. Or this is genuine and she's being manipulated in this moment. Right. Cause, but that's the thing. It's like, she, my, the reason I think I'm thinking this is because part of this whole thing, there are elements where Shannon has to, if, if she's not being uh, intentional in this, she has to convince herself in her head certain things that have happened did not happen. That she never called Emily on the phone. That she never, you know, has, that it was only one time in 2020. Like, she keeps, like, telling, saying that over and over and over and over again. The, like, when Heather confronted her with that on the reunion last year, being like, I didn't know until blah, blah, blah. That's not true. I didn't know until after. I didn't know until after. And to me, it's like, at a certain point, there's enough evidence that shows that that's not true. Because it all goes back to this failing with John. And she doesn't want to face that this is going to fail with John after everything failed with David. Right. So I, hope, she, I hope that's what So it is. she has literally concocted this world in her head where none of that happened. Yeah. <sighs> that's, I mean, that, that's sad. And the alcohol helps. Yeah, it does. Emily's like, you know, I would just like to move past this. And I promise to you, I will only come to you about issues. And she starts crying. She's like, I just really care about you. And I want to, you know, maintain this friendship and work on it. And Shannon accepts her apology and thanks her and, and, and all that. And then Shannon just grabs a piece of the bread that she, that she uh, Emily ordered and goes, I'm going to have one piece. <laughs> <laughs> have a carb. Yeah. Um, that was the episode of Orange County for this week. This was phenomenal. Like uh, they have really revitalized this season. I think also, I mean, credit to Tamara. Like, this is a lot of her doing. Yeah. I think we may, I, around the time of like the pandemic and sort of that era, I think the network made a lot of rash decisions across the board on Housewives in terms of casting. Yep. And I think they're, it's kind of coming home to roost. And I think they're now realizing, okay, let's like, let's go back. Like, let's go back a little bit. Let's not try to redo the wheel. Mm-hmm. And let's, you know, get to a get to a better place with this 
I, I it does feel like old OC is back, and I and 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 I'm really really happy about that. So really good stuff. All right, let's get into these tops and bottoms. We got uh, Atlanta, we got New York, we got OC, babe. What are you thinking? Um, my top for this week, I'm leaning. I'm gonna give it to Emily. Okay. I loved I for both both of the. I got a good wide range from her this episode, and sort mm-hmm. of the more um serial serial serious sentimental stuff. Right. With the Innocence Project and and seeing that side of her, I thought was re- always really good to see and 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 well rounded. And I thought she did really great in that Facetime fight with Shannon. And, yeah. And the fallout from it, I thought that. W- and this is kind of her season in many ways. Honestly, re- there's she really does feel like a top level housewife on this franchise now, as opposed to not a background player, but like maybe not always the most important player. Right in the ensemble, she was a supporting character in the first couple of seasons that she was on. Her and Gina were like a nice little duo comedy thing, yeah, but like not in the thick of everything, you know, right? And so, yeah, so she'll be my top for this week. My bottom, you know, I am going to give it to Aaron over on New York. Really? There is okay. There is no excuse at this point of how terrible you are at throwing parties. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry, there's just not. Like I gave you the Hamptons, that's that's one thing. Your heater broke. Got gotcha. Like there was no excuse for people not to be fed. There was no excuse for the speeches to go that long when you knew they shouldn't be going that long, and you either didn't tell anyone or like just let them do whatever. Like no, you got. And we know you can put your foot down. We see you in your job on your day in your daily life. We see the way you are generally. We know that you can fucking. Put the effort in to make a good fucking party to make sure people are actually fed. Like it's getting really, I, I was kind of in like previous episodes being like, okay guys, you're a little too hard on her about the food stuff. No, I get it now. I totally get it now. Like, yeah, it's girl, get it together, please. Um, what about you, babe? What are your tops and bottoms? Um, so I'm going to start with my bottom because it is such a downer. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to give that to, I'm going to, co-give it to drew and ralph yeah um drew overall just in this episode like how much she was just like like um protesting too much way too much um girl if you've got nothing to hide then why are you hiding Mm -hmm. you know like come out into the light of day we got rainbows out here (laughs) it's fun you know it's fun um but like just I, it, it's less about her being a, the the bottom in terms of you are awful, right? And more in terms of, girl, why are you doing this to yourself? And and I like I get it. I've been there. I've literally had that same struggle. But girl, at your big age, and and you could be the hero. You have one of the worst house husbands of all time, to where you can absolutely be the hero in this divorce. And I don't think you're going to get that. No, you're not. You've squandered that. You literally had a three-year arc of laying out on camera why you're divorcing this man. Right. And you fumbled it at the end. <laughs> you, you really fumbled it. Like, like, you know, the, like, you know, those really bad football fumbles. that just like, like it's it, terrible. It, it's, it's awful. Um, but I cannot let 
Ralph not get absolutely reamed for that bullshit way that he acted in that trailer. Oh, gross. That was disgusting. Like, it it gave me chills. It gave me serial killer vibes. It gave me, like, it it was bad. Yeah. It, it was, like, girl, run. Run. This went from a cute little love story to obsession. And he is Allie Lauder. It, it means for her to say, I'm not doing anything until I'm doing like life, lifetime movies. That was a lifetime movie. That was a, like, we were seeing it play the fuck out. Like next scene is him standing over you sleeping. <laughs> like get the fuck out. Lock your doors. Like girl, what are you doing? Absolutely not. So my top for the week is Tamra. Okay. And not because she did particularly well this, this episode. We didn't even really see her this episode, like, hardly at all. Again, like I said, she had a super soaker, a super soaker full of tequila. That's all we saw from her, right? Yeah. But every bit of drama that we saw in this episode was orchestrated by that hoe. And it doesn't matter. Like, you can say what you will about that being fucked up that she's doing this to somebody that she, like, considers her closest friend. But, like, bitch is skilled. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of skill and a lot of know-how to pull all of those strings at once and get all of that shit to happen, and you weren't on the screen. Yeah. You weren't on the screen because you were in Video Village producing this shit. Yeah, honestly, give her the credit. Give, like, I mean, and when I say that, give her the literal credit on the, on the episode. Like, honestly, it's like, bitch, well done. Yeah. Well done. Hey, thanks for tuning in to this episode of A Gay and His Envy. Join us next time for more of our recaps and hot takes. And be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening. And check us out on our social media at A Gay and His Envy on all the platforms. A special shout out to Shane Ivers who wrote Pulsar, the song we use for our theme. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And, and we're, we're out. out. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.